Okay. We're good. Spicy. <laughs> do we have to do a JPI warning if it's only the three of us? Have we thought about that? I don't think so, right? Like, I think we all get it. It's more. No. Goose, if you had. It's not when you pull your hand down, I know we're good. Okay, I was about to say, but Goose, if you don't know when I hit the recording button, bro, come on. I feel like you would be the one to be like, this bitch has got to be recording. I like, say a lot of fucked up shit, and you don't want that on the on the real show. Oh, that's what anything is for. Anyway. Uh, we're live. We're live. You can't edit live. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. You're gonna fucking uh, it's like, <laughs> bet I won't. I got the button. <laughs> oh my god! What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the fart. Fart. Listen to me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is a flagellant. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm out of it. I, can you tell I woke up like half an hour ago? Like, holy shit. <laughs> to this week's episode. Today, apparently. <laughs> this week's episode of the Fault Partner panel. Welcome, everybody. As usual, we have an amazing cast that is very expressive, clearly. Uh, Goose, hit it off. <laughs> Introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? I'm the Mangoose. You are awesome, and welcome to the Fart. The Fart, all about. <laughs> Flatulence. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> Get me out. Over to you, the All farting right. Wolverine. <clears throat> All right, Goose, thanks for gassing me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm the Beard Wolverine, your Michigan wonder. Uh, also, fall partner. I'm excited to do this show. <laughs> Guys. Oh man, I love it. I love it. You get us together or something like this. Right. I can't wait to talk about what we got today. Aye, aye, aye. And welcome, everyone. I'm Wendy the Maze, like a Wendy. Now, we all do our best to Did focus you on fall. Windu? No, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. No, anyway, we all do our best to keep in line talking about fault while we do these. But uh, as you can see, that doesn't always go as uh, smoothly as we plan. But anyway, so I'll tell you what, besides this whole fart bullshit that's going on right now, we haven't actually seen too much out of Strange Matter in the last week. What's up with that? Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, we did get that the the Feng Mao announcement and the the updated uh, icons. You know, that was a nice little cool. I like those icons are pretty fucking sweet. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. We've we just recently got a new hero. Like, there's not really much to get out. I think right now, like, it literally, it's been a week since he's been out. You know, like maybe a little over a week. Like, I, I think I'm I'm okay with us not getting. You know, we got items announced you know like new new no new icon items what do you call it however you want to say it item art that's what i want to say so not item fart all right i don't want to it's item art so <laughs> this shit's gonna keep on going the whole fucking episode isn't it <laughs> you started it <laughs> not on purpose <laughs> like <laughs> windu <laughs> Stranger I can't wait, you, buddy. I appreciate you. Oh Jesus, I fucking can't. But um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I see your point, and we did get two posts within the past week. You feel me? Right. I guess 
I guess the reason why it might feel like we didn't get too much is because it was just short post. You get me? Like one of them was, for example, Dater getting a shout out, which we will go over, right? And then that Feng Mao picture, which they did include a couple teasers in there, which is kind of cool, right? I would have liked to see maybe what if they would have actually just shown like a day or two after one of those new arts that got teased when in the previous picture just show us a bigger scale like a high res version of that picture you get me like it wouldn't necessarily be anything too new anything too crazy but let's just emphasize in case you missed what we what we showed you on the last one you know what i'm saying right i got what you're saying i fucking can't now the chat's joining in odo's in the chat saying does that mean it's an item shark <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, as we're talking, breaking news, they just posted, they just pushed a patch 15.1 so we can go over that while we're talking. Oh, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, spicy. Uh, it's like, they, it's like know. they wait for it. <laughs> right. So in, in 20, no, 19 minutes, they're pushing a patch. So we got patch notes we can go over right now. Oh, we'll be, we'll go over them together. And there's a lot of Fang Mao balance just glancing through it. So that's going to feed into our chat. Yep. Why, kinda, thank God, Mangus. I was kind of happy they didn't do anything because I was going in tonight. I was going in. I had quite the fault experience this week. If you guys didn't hear, I completely lost my shit to the point there that I felt that I was very negatively affecting everybody's attitudes in Discord. So I completely just left the voice chat and decided at that point that was going to be my last game because games are supposed to be fun. They're not supposed to make you actually angry. So, you know, I just turned the game off and stepped away. I did play that game out as best as I possibly could. But uh, yeah, I got I got pretty pissed off and it was a culmination of things. There's There's been a lot of eye-opening stuff as I've been playing a lot of Fault this week, both good and bad. Like there's really great parts of this game, but then there are some terrible things about this game. And a lot of it is perpetuated by the players themselves. So. That's kind of what I wanted to get to, but let's talk about the patch notes. We that that's that you, sounds. You want to get like, that out the way? Yeah, <laughs> my, my my topic sounds more like a rest of the rest of the shit. Hey man, <laughs> all I know is we can knock these patch notes out real quick and then hit that subject up when you're three beers deep. So I'm a okay with that. Quite frankly, I want to hear how you really feel. <laughs> okay, on my inner Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> I bet. So one of the first things that we see here and giving a proper shout out here to Dater99, fellow partner, um, it's a pentakill, actually. Like, yes. I like the fact that as we saw last week, they're now starting to show off some content and, you know, partners specifically. I, I kind of I'm looking forward to seeing non-partners getting shout outs, right? Right. But I like the fact that partners are getting that little bit of love. And, you know, I figured since Feng Mao just came out, it makes sense that they're showing Feng Mao clips specifically. So I totally get that. Right. We see a right. dater here. Pull execute this Penta. Now, I do want to say. Do do you guys think moments like this where let's say, for example, a new hero comes out. Do you guys think they should solely focus on that new hero? 
like when sharing clips and stuff because i understand the appeal and why it makes sense but how, what do you guys feel about that uh, i think it's a good idea i mean you want to showcase your new hero you want to generate excitement right. for that new hero <laughs> you want to show people doing really cool shit so it'll pull people into the game i, I think have no problem with it i think that should be your your focus but not only focus if that makes any sense like if you have something if you have a badass fucking play done by i don't a quang you know there's no reason not to explore to show it off you know like look look this was something that was awesome watch this you know but yeah like if you i mean a, a lot of it at that time should be fang mao art you know stuff going on with fang mar fang mao but <clears throat> nothing like that should be too bad yeah i mean i will say this do you think, well, let me actually ask you, do you guys think it would be bad if they started sharing like multiple clips a week? Do you think that would oversaturate? Like if they do two, three shout outs, because they could literally go into Twitch, filter all the clips by the last seven days and then just post something. You get me? That's new. That's recent. That's cool. That, you know, shouting out to any content creator in the community, whether it be partner or not. Like, do you guys think that would be cool for them to do do you think they should probably steer away from posting two to three times i 100 think it would be good for them to do um and kind of on the topic of you know just showing partners on this as opposed to just showing anybody that has a good play and fault i think it's much better for them to just show anybody that has a good play and fault um right. i've been thinking too like uh as partners we get access to like sort of their 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 media files like uh we get like their icons and stuff, stuff that will help you produce content for fall. I think that should be available to absolutely everyone. It shouldn't just be partners that get that content. It should be everybody should get that content because the more people that you incentivize to create content for fault, the better it is for fault overall. And the better it is for those content creators. So, you know, all ships rise on a high tide. Let's, uh, let's raise that, that water level with, with, with everybody. It, it is worth pointing out also that they do. So here's why I I don't like the how they went about it. And I don't like the naming. The fact that they have a press kit. It's, you know, a lot of games have what's commonly called a press kit. Right. So I'm OK with the name, even though I, I don't necessarily. Uh, like I'm not 100% for it. I'd much rather it be called like content creator kit or something like that. So people can see it and identify like, hey, I can use that like every content creator. You feel me? Because unless you've used a press kit before, unless you know what a press kit is, some people might look at press kit and be like, oh, I'm not press. I'm not going to click on that. You get me? <laughs> no, I so, agree. I've always thought that with all of these games that have press kits, like that's a stupid fucking name for this. This should be content creation packet or something like that. I don't know. But they do have a public one that's very limited. It's condensed. It definitely doesn't have as much as we now get, especially since the updated one that we got, right? Um, it doesn't have nearly as much as that, but there are, you know, logos, screenshots, certain banners, etc., that people can use. But I don't like the fact that if you go to their website, it's like four clicks away. But you got to go to their website. Then you got to go to the community tab. Then you got to go to the partner tab. Then you got to scroll all the way to the bottom and go to apply for partnership. Then you got to go all the way to the bottom, then click on the hero kit that's there. Like that's the only spot to find it. You follow? Like the, I, 
Yeah, it really is, bro. Like, yeah. hey, man, you'll find the gold if you dig, dig deep enough. You know what I'm saying? Do you really want to create content for Fault? Well, for real, see how bad you want it. <laughs> like, they that that definitely needs to be a little bit more accessible. Like, if I were them, I I almost would like to see it like highlighted, like main stage, like put it on one of the taps and be like apply yes. for partner or create content right or even if you put it on the home page way at the bottom and be like apply for partnership content creator kit you get what i'm saying and it'd be, it'd be cool what if they request instead of just people applying for partnership and having like hey i got this many twitch followers this many youtube followers etc wouldn't it be cool if they had like if they requested like a submission video like make content and submit it and be like hey this is what i'm about etc so they can get a vibe for you and they say you must use at least two pieces of content out of this press kit in that video show us how you can use our content you get what i'm saying like wouldn't that be cool if they did that i i think it would be cool for just all games in general because that's how you advertise now the word of mouth comes from content creators and influencers so there should be a specific tab just for content creators that has all of this information. Like, how do you apply to be a partner? Here's some stuff that you can use in your content. Like, here's a, like, I don't know. Like, they have their partner thing, but I think it, I don't think it should be limited to partners. I think it should be all content creators. I think partnership has its own very nice perks that come along with it that is, that people should strive for, but that should be the reward for using all of these stuff that they, that they um that they provide to you and creating content for fault it shouldn't be how you get access to that content yeah and i mean you bring up a great point they really should be trying to incentivize all content creators not just the content create uh, you know like like hey try to become a partner and then when you're a partner you're validated that sort of vibe you know like it, it almost it almost deters people from creating content because I know I personally know people that have busted their ass for like two to three months, apply for partner, they don't hear anything and they're like, I give up. Like you get me? Like it's it's too much validation, like too much put, too much pressure put on, hey, be a partner or be a nobody. It almost feels like that's the image that's being represented, right? Where they really should be highlighting and you know just showing love to all content creators and show them like hey if you get to partner that's like it's like a vip status right but you still get to fly the plane if you're a normal content creator right is that is that a weird analogy does that make sense when i say it like that makes sense to me i i really like the way epic did it where they would i mean I, of course strange matter can't do this but you know epic would pull in content creators would actually invite them to carry north carolina where epic headquarters is and have them like play games whenever they had like a big update or a hero release or something like that i think strange matter could do that but virtually like as part of their community as part of their community corner pull in some content like a content creator or two that would really incentivize incentivize content creators to, to, to work really hard towards that and by the way yes i got blacklisted from the paragon content creators thing pretty <laughs> early on but you know what that's my style so they can go fuck themselves i can't with you bro i love how you just threw that in there he's like i'm just 
<laughs> Fuck them. they blacklisted me for language it's like have you ever watched rgs ace's videos and that's like your flagship content creator motherfucker like don't tell me that i can't say the f word but he can say it ever you know ah whatever fuck you epic hey man we all know (laughs) we know you right but i will i will say there's definitely so how do you guys you know, just to kind of hit on this last little subject, and then we'll go on to the next post here. How do you guys feel about the fact that certain influencers carry more clout and it allows them to get away with certain things with some of these gaming companies? Ooh, that's a good question because they certainly do. They certainly you get me? Do. Like, with, uh, like I'll, I'll use, not just like, without... I was about to say, without throwing names out there, I'm only gonna throw mangoes out there, right? Like, I don't know many, I don't know many people that literally say like, "Hey, I'm not a partner anymore." But like, by my own choice, I'm bouncing, and then come back like less than a year later and be like, "I'm a partner again." Like, how you doing? That's like getting rehired at a company. You get what I'm saying? Like, getting rehired, you really got to leave either on good terms or be like, "Hey, the, we could use this guy." Like, you know what? He left us before. I get it. But he's he's got a following like he like if, if it were a smaller content creator with less of a following, I can imagine that would affect the decision. So, like, I, how do you think that Strange Matters should navigate that minefield? Because they're going it's going to come down to a point that they're going to become invested with bigger content creators like, you know, somebody with like a thousand live viewers on Twitch is going to come by. And how do they handle that situation? How, how do you think they should? It's a business decision. If it, if that, if bringing that person back on is going to benefit them, why would they not do it? Because I mean, like I'm one of them. I'm one of the people that you could bring up. You could literally name off a content creator or an influencer that you're talking about. I'm probably not going to know who they are. I had no clue who RGS Ace was until he was on Omeda's uh, team. I didn't. I didn't follow Paragon content creators at all. I only knew of Mangus and and Britic because of Paragon falling, and I was trying to figure out what's next. So, other than that, I don't know these influencers that we're talking about when it comes to that. Now, being a partner, I know some of these influencers, you know, and I know what we're talking about. But like, I don't. I don't know. Like, if, if but if it like let, let's I'll, uh, snitch. You know, Stitch is doing his thing right now with uh, League of Legends Mobile. You know, or was that what the Wild Rift or whatever? You know, and he's great on him. You know, he's fucking yeah, rolling. He's, he's having great, great success, yeah, it, right? Yeah, you know, but he also did a great thing for Fault with uh, you know when Early Access first dropped and how much he grinded. You know, he put a lot of fucking hours in right away. So if mm-hmm. he came back asking to you know want to be partner again, sign him up. Why? There's no reason not to. You know, I don't I don't see any negative reason to to pick pick him back up. I mean, see, there's a line, yeah, and that line moves with how popular that content creator is. I think, and that kind of sucks, but it's just the facts of life. It's not fair, but life isn't fair. Like the way the business works, for sure. Exactly. Like you got to think of it as a business, but like I don't know. Like I'm going. I'm going to throw this out there. Like the Bori has talked so much shit about fault 
to the point that I think the line has been crossed, even though he is a very popular content creator. And like, it would never happen now because he's like the community manager for predecessor or whatever. But I think he's crossed the line that Fault wouldn't be able to bring him in. But if you okay. had somebody like stupid popular, like uh, what's that one guy that he was a Paragon content creator, but he really took Myth. off with Fortnite? Myth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Myth could probably talk all kinds of fucking shit about Fault and then get picked up as a partner because he has such crazy influence. Like if you can guarantee that he's actually, that he has been enjoying the game and will actually promote the game a little bit maybe he'll have his problems with it like we do and and talk about it but you know overall we believe in fault it then you should pick him up it doesn't matter that he's talked mad shit about the game before which myth hasn't i don't know i'm just kind of making pulling stuff out of my ass right now but um right yeah i got yeah, you i mean that level talking, of content creator they should they should definitely move that line for but i mean it also depends on the mad shit we're talking about that they're, that they're talking you know uh, is it like is it literally just them just throwing shade just to throw shade or is it literally like warranted you know shade you know like is it something like was like you know did they go too far maybe but is it something that is it a rebuildable relationship you know like that's something that could be possible you just have to look at it and see what's going on and 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 the the partner manager would have to have a sit down conversation with that person and, and talk with them and see where they're at and see if they're on the same page and, you know, again, and see if it's something they could rebuild and maybe come back on like a, uh, uh, what's the word you, you, if let's say you, uh, got out of jail and you're on probation, like you come back on a probationary <laughs> yeah. period, you know, like, like, here you go. Like you're like a half partner or whatever, you know, like, you know, like we'll see how you go, how things go and we'll go from there. And there, there's a lot of outside influence too. Like, like you brought you brought up a very good point, Beard. It's like how they approached it. Like, uh, uh, Windu threw me under the bus from the beginning, <laughs> as I as I always try to do personally. Right. But <laughs> if you look at my content, I don't just talk shit about fault. I talk shit about all of them, and I praise right. all of them. I praise all the games, mm-hmm. and I talk shit about all the games, and I try to do so as fair as I can be. I mean, that's up to the viewer as far as how they interpret how fair I am, but I do personally try to be as fair as possible. And hopefully yeah, try to send that comes out in my content. And I think that's probably why Fault accepted me back as a partner. I can see that. I mean, the, you brought up probably the most interesting thing that I've heard as far as relating to content creators in a while. The fact that your popularity depends where that line gets drawn. And like the more popular you get, the more leeway. It's like we wouldn't have taken him when he was this popular because of the shit he did. But if that individual now it has a million followers, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, ah, it's okay. We can forgive. Like, hey man, buy me chicken nuggets. I'll forgive anything you did. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Dino Nuggies. Hell yeah, bro. I should go make some. But <laughs> let's uh let's look at this picture that they shared here. So we see a little bit of Feng Mao action. We see that they've what's been going on with him in the past week. We notice that he's been played total over 125 days and 20 hours worth of game time. We see that 57,941 people have died to a Feng Mao, which is kind of crazy numbers to see in a week. Uh we see that. There was a total of 6,408 games finished. 
I really like those numbers. I really wish we had a baseline though. Like show us the 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 fa the the phase baseline. You know what I mean? Like does that mean that this hero is performing better? Does it mean maybe we'll see it with future heroes, right? Um we also that'd do see that do. I get what you're saying, but that'd be a hard one to do. Cause you go from a support to somebody actually like trying to get kills. Like you're gonna like your know, players killed, like that's gonna be Yeah, like maybe for a support they could swap that one to players assisted and they just do total assist. assist. Saved. <laughs> yeah, assist saved, right? That's what I'm saying. Like they they could do something similar to kind of show show off, right? And then when another support comes down the road, now we can compare. It's like, yo, people have played more of this character in the first week, or maybe the, in the first week, this character isn't as popular. You get me? Right. Uh, we also do see top masteries. I love that little detail. Showing three people that are at the top as far as masteries. Um, I, I like I get excited for it, but I also kind of worry as somebody that used to take part in the uh, the Paragon Hero races back in the day with Miso Sneaky, for example. Um, it's it's a cool thing to encourage, but it's also borderline unhealthy because I was one of those people that's like, hey, man, we're streaming for 36 hours straight and getting the first like trying to be, you know, first person to get mastery ever. So it's right. it's very there's a fine line where it's it goes from being cool to promoting something unhealthy. Because like now somebody's literally putting in, I don't know, 16 hours a day. Like they're only playing this game. Like it's it's both beneficial for the for the company. But as at the same time, it's a very dangerous line to promote something yeah. that I like that too much gameplay. You get me? So I'm a little bit torn on it, but I'm excited to see it at the same time. How do you guys feel about it? If you know. feel in I, any way about it, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I like to see like there's just this, you know, like this is what I'm pretty much a week out after a week, uh, you know, to see that somebody's already a level six silver, you know, two people are level six silvers, you know, like it, it's nice to see the 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 commitment to, uh, you know, the new hero, you know, and that tells me that they're pretty well perceived uh, or well liked as a hero. You know, you get a hero that's, you know, <laughs> now let's wait, you know, let's go a month and a half down the line and we get a new hero and we, we, we get this update and, you know, it, they're a level five bronze you know like yeah like, okay that's the top mastery right now like all right nobody's liking this hero or whatever or something's going on you know obviously that number is a little drastic but you you understand what i'm saying i get you yeah it's still a nice shout out regardless right right i think boots should have been a separate a separate category like having two boots on this on this item top top items list like, I, think it, I think it just shows the diversity of his build though yeah, well, that's true. That is, true. yeah. But, I how mean, people, some are going there's physical. Divert, there's plenty of diversity between all that. Show me the most popular boots, and then show me the other five items. That's what I don't know. And, yeah. and, and as Joey BG TV said, what the fuck is that dagger thing? What is that? That's, I don't, that's the reign of uh, fervor. That's the uh, um, the jungle, oh, the smite jungle item. item, jungle item. Okay. That's the red jungle item. Which I will say, I love that art compared to what it was yeah. before. That item hey, art and, and the red, the, the hunt, uh, the boots of hunt, um, is great as well. Those new, those new item art for that one, the stoic greaves, like that's a new item art as well. But I, it's not enough. It's very to similar to what it was. Yeah, I'm like, I looked at it, like, there's a difference. I'm like, I guess you know, I, it's, I just, it's just more 3D now, is what it looks like. Yeah, 
the red items are our fire. I, I love those. And the boots of the hunt, it literally just makes you even think kind of like an Indian style, you know? So it gives you like that Indian moccasin style look. I, I, it's great. The name fits the, the item for sure. Yeah, I, I really, really like the art. And I, I'm telling you, I'm loving that new Reign of Fervor. Like that, as somebody that uses that item frequently, <laughs> I really, really like the way it looks. Definitely yeah. helps it stand out a little more, right? It is great. Yep. Now, let me ask you guys this. So do we think that these like updates like this, like we get, we get a little bit of a teaser, like this is a more all in one sort of update, right? Like they could have showed us item teasers separately. They could have showed us masteries separately. You know what I'm saying? They easily could have milked that out throughout a week and, you know, like a post on Tuesday, post on Wednesday. Do, right. What do you guys think about just having it all in one place? Do you guys prefer it? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. Like I said, we we just recently got a hero like it, they don't need to literally give us something, you know, because then that's just going to give you if you do something like that, then that's going to look like there's going to be a pattern started. And then people are going to expect something every day or something or close to or every other day. And then that's just going to then then Gen Chat's going to blow up. How come we didn't get anything today? You know, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm good with what we got. I get that. Not wrong. Now. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I find I think this is probably one of the most interesting hero releases in general. You, you get understand me? this question because I don't get it. What do you feel about other games going race to world first races like Destiny, WoW raids, etc.? Is he just referring to just their competitions of the first person that does this sort of vibe? Didn't I? I yeah. Is that, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I mean. Uh, yeah, I kind of already went over that, but it's I have no problem going over it again. It's basically oh, like do. OK. Oh, so you're, so you're talking about the race of the mastery like you were talking about. In Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. so gotcha. it's it's a cool it's a cool thing to promote. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> you're chilling. So it's a cool thing to promote. Right. And there's definitely the market for it. But there is I don't know. There's a borderline that could be argued that whenever games promote stuff like that, they're also promoting unhealthy behaviors like playing a game oh, yeah. for too long, et cetera. Right. So it's like beneficial for the company, but maybe it's kind of exploiting certain people and be like, hey, like we're also promoting somebody playing the game for 48 hours straight, which is very unhealthy. All it takes is one thing to go south or one person to die because the company right. was promoting it and now it's directly linked to the company It's like hey the company wanted them to do it you get what i'm saying so it's they they okay. they definitely have to put like a lot of hey you know do not do this at your own risk or we do not encourage playing more than this time frame etc and so i could definitely see the appeal but it's a very very dangerous line to yeah i don't get think near. they should specifically promote it but also don't think they're liable if some shit like that happens i'm gonna I, I i'm with i'm with ron swanson here like if people want to fucking eat 500 cheeseburgers a day and fucking die from it then it's it's their right they're goddamn right to do that if people yeah, want to no. fucking kill themselves playing fault then fucking go for it but fault shouldn't promote doing that of course no i mean i don't know i i understand exactly what you're saying like, I, I don't think that's, I mean, it is obviously on anybody like, because somebody could be doing that right now. 
you know but even though there there's no event happening like it, it could still like just because they're playing fault you know non-stop you know and whatever happened happened like it is what it, i don't know it, it would suck i don't want that to happen to anybody but i don't know something like that for me personally that event it'll never happen i only have my limited time i'm able to play i'm, I'm not going to be able to grind out that that amount of time you know with somebody will there will always be somebody that's able to play more than me i mean just look at it i mean i this when do you play it multiple games I play fault and fault alone, right? So my level, my you know, my uh, in-game level, whatever for my account, is higher than yours. Yes, but there's in-game count levels that are destroy mine. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I came, I came across a 300 the other day. I was yeah, like, damn exactly. son, <laughs> like, yo, compete against that, and those are the people who are going to get those masteries done. You know, you know, be the you know, get them done faster, or somebody that's able to like, okay, guess what? Well, I'm taking. I'm going to take three days of PTO and I'm going to sit here and just grind. Like I can't afford to take three days of PTO just to play fall. Like there's got to be something going on. That's going to be more beneficial for me than just getting a master skin first. That brings you know? up another problem I have is the way keys are distributed with a lot of these games. Like, what do you mean? I what don't do you mean like keys? That like access? Yeah. Access keys. Okay. Because the way, because they're often just given out to streamers like in mass and then they're able to give the keys away however they want. But that is assuming that everyone is on the same time zone and can watch those streams in order to get access to those keys. That's why I usually hold like a raffle in Discord or something over a 24 hour time period so that everybody gets a chance to get those keys. I've never liked that. I've never liked the way that they just give streamers all the keys all at once. And then you just have to hopefully be able to have the time to watch that streamer at a certain time. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just very separate sort of weird tangent right. there, but it's, it's something that I, well, I mean, I always tried the beginning of all this. I always try because like, especially with like, it's the same thing as the Twitch drops, right? Something similar to that. Right. I, even with the keys, if, uh, when I knew I had keys back in the day, you know, when the, I, think, I think we got keys for one of the events was a shadow fest or something. We got ended up getting something. We were able to give away stuff. You know, and I knew that I was giving it away. Um, I would then, when I was done playing, I would then raid somebody that I knew who else was trying to give it away. So that at least the viewers that were sticking around and weren't able to get something, I was sending them over there to somewhere else that could still now have a possible chance. You know, I always keep that going just because I know that's what the viewers are there for. And I try to keep things going better for them. Well, how do you feel about a lot of games and... I would like to see Fall do this too. How do you feel about a lot of games advertising on Steam that there's a weekend event coming up? Let's say like a month from now, right? And they're like, hey, if you would like to request access to that weekend event, just click the button. And that way they have a, a little bit of time to accrue, you know, like information, data, etc. And then from there, they can send access to those individual, whether it be temporary access or not. You feel, you feel me? I don't know what's going on with my camera today. Jeez, the hell? Discoing. You're discoing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it. I don't but, think um, that could be ever considered as ever farting around. <laughs> I can't with them, bro. But no, here's, here's my issue with it. I don't know if that's something that they could do for a game that's technically already out. Like a game that's already considered a live service, you know? I don't know if that would be a feature. But even even like a mailing list of the sorts, like if they're like, hey, 
like, you know, like you could use a million different mailing lists that are out there. Use a mailing list and a sign up and be like, hey, click on this link and put your email if you'd like to participate in the free weekend. And now everybody that signed up got a free weekend key sent to their email. Right. That way they can also kind of just tally up numbers and et cetera. I don't know. Just worth considering maybe like a, a a way to advertise it way way earlier while also collecting data from an earlier standpoint like hey how many people actually signed up a month in advance how many people signed up last minute you get me right so i don't know worth considering but i want to let's hit up these patch notes real quick here actually before we go to the patch notes let's talk about the uh tournament happening tomorrow oh true 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 yeah so shout out Shout out to our homie Plato, fellow Paul partner, been on the partner panel several times. He hosts these periodic periodic tournaments, and it actually takes quite a bit. Like I one day that he was missing, <laughs> the community tried to keep it going. I jumped in there to try to help. Actually, very very complicated to run these. So shout out to Plato, right? But he is having a fall tournament that's going on tomorrow and for those of you that are watching live or watching after the fact it's february the 5th on a saturday and i don't know i like i like the fact that the community themselves like members in the community themselves are taking it upon themselves to host events and be like hey you know what regardless of the player base regardless of what's going on there's some people that want a competitive environment so we're gonna host it ourselves so shout out to Plato uh, Bearded. You might have some information that I haven't yes. gone over. Yep. All right. Uh, so <clears throat> it starts at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern uh, tomorrow. So 2-5-2022. Uh, uh, they're going to pick captains at 11 a.m. Uh, teams will be snake draft, uh, drafted amongst players that signed up. Uh, there are no mirror picks allowed. There will be winners and losers brackets. Uh, current prize pool is at $125. Uh, it says any donations to my stream get contributed to the prize pool looking to raise 500 meaning a hundred dollars for each player on the winning team uh i think that's all the important stuff oh, that's, that's, uh, and then uh, um you have if you're not able to commit to four to five hours worth of gameplay they don't expect for it to take that long but that's like just to be committed to be able to play that just so that we're not having this is at the expectation out. um so, yep. So four to five hours. They said that uh, the last one they had, they had six teams, but it, it was a pretty uh, doozy tournament that they had. Uh, had a good time. Um, I did post links in uh, uh, chat right now. Um, the, there's a Discord link that they use to, to uh, hoard everybody together and get uh, the draft going. And then there's also the sign up link that I posted. You guys can sign up for the tournament. Uh, but that's all we got. We'll make sure that at least the discord link for future events is listed in you know youtube yes. and the podcast and stuff like that to help promote but um yeah it's mad cool and, and i like that there's a prize money because it incentivizes right and the prize money is community funded like the community will come in and be like yo here's five dollars for the pool here's ten dollars to the pool etc and they're all be and this is plato himself also be like hey all donations to my channel just go to that that's that's a big thing not every content creator is going to sit here and be like, hey, everything that you donate, I'm going to give back to the community to host an event because it means that much to me. So shout out to Plato, bro. Like that, that says a lot about a content creator right there. Like that alone. Yep. But this is how esports for any game should start. It should be 
grassroots Organic. community level, nothing to do with the actual company. This is how it needs to go. And fucking shout out to Plato for this. Great job on his part. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job on just getting it all together. I think it was my camera again. What the shit? But uh, yeah, he's doing a great job in general. And I could definitely see that event growing as fall grows. You get me? Like, I can see that being like the go to along with other tournaments that happen and stuff. So it'd be actually cool to see that event grow to see how he can benefit also from those events because that is a huge thing for the community and for him so if you guys are interested go to the links that are listed in the chat in the comments wherever it may be help support and uh anything else that we want to add about this before Speaking we go for events uh we just had a meeting and there will be a valentine's day event just so you guys know Rue, we got confirmation stay, that we could talk tuned. about it. Stay tuned for that Valentine's Day event. Now, we can't go into too many details. We, yep. well, that's one of those weird parts, right? Like, it's like, don't go into too many details. Well, what do you consider too many details? Because I want to sit here and be like, hey, man, I'm going to just throw out a little hint. I don't know, you know, but you never know what that might mean. <laughs> the hint, the hint is uh, go grab some friends. <laughs> Go That's grab some friends on Valentine's Day. That sounds like uh, I was about to say I on Valentine's Day. Let me hey, know you can do it. It's a lonely Valentine's Day if you spend it with friends. <laughs> not I mean lonely, but not lonely. Anyway, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. But um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited that that fault themselves, uh, straight matter themselves, are actually hosting an event. They're letting us talk about it in advance because, you know, we still got a little bit till Valentine's Day. Right. And that whole weekend. So I'm more curious as to how they're going to lead up to that. I love the fact that they're promoting organic word of mouth ahead of time. Like, right. Like typically when we find out about stuff, it's like, hey, don't say shit till we're ready. But the fact that now we're like, hey, we could tell you what's happening. That shit's going down. What's going to go down? I guess we're going to find out, right? Let, let me, I'll, I'll let you guys know how short my leash is getting, depending on what happens after this video, right? <laughs> like, I'll tell you if I get a slap on the wrist. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that, hey, that this is happening. I like the for fact sure. that what this means for the future also, like the fact that more events are likely to happen based off of you know days of significance and such like specific dates i like that right. we're able to now dude that's just my favorite part the fact that i could just fucking talk about it ahead of time <laughs> like you feel me like i'm the type that it's like hey when if you're gonna tell me right now bro if it, yeah because if you tell me that some shit's going on in two weeks but i can't fucking talk about it until the day before why the fuck did you tell me like, how did that help me? I'm literally sitting here like, I don't know, guys. Hopefully they do something soon. Like, it's perfect because, I mean, that's what we're here for. As partners, we're here to help generate hype, you know, and you give us just a, you know, what they were doing. You're like, hey, you can tell them the day before. And it's like, like, I have I have 24 hours I have to use to generate hype, you know, like shit, you know, and now we can get things going a little a little faster, a little, you know, it's going to be nice. I like it. Now, 
Actually, you know what? It's what something I didn't ask. Maybe you know the answer to this. When you say the weekend of Valentine's, is that the weekend before Valentine's or after Valentine's? Oh, Valentine's on a Monday. Um, so I must say it's the one before. Technically, I, I would doubt they'd do it. I think they would. I doubt you'd go five days after Valentine's and like, okay, this weekend, here we go. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be that that Saturday, that probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, somewhere around there before that Monday. Yeah. So. I will say, like, I I'm not necessarily hyped because it's Valentine's Day event. You know what I mean? Like, like right. that part I could totally care less for. I'm just hyped for the fact that they're actually getting the ball rolling on doing more events. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then hopefully Valentine's that means I don't care the fact that it's Valentine's Day event that, that, you know, normally with their events, they got something. You know, I, I've yet to see an event they put off that that was like, oh, it was nothing. It was just literally just gameplay. You know, there's usually something going on, whether that's a map change, whether that's avatars, whether that's skins. There's always something going on with their events. So I'm I'm hyped for it. Yeah, just seeing those changes to the game in general is probably the more exciting part. Yep. And again, like the more exciting part for me is what it could mean for future events, because the more comfortable they get hosting events, the more frequently they'll do them, the more comfortable they get, the more content they'll give you at the same time and be like, you know what? Right. We we can afford to do a little bit more next time. Let's push the envelope a little bit. Let's see what we can do. So uh, yeah. I'm just excited. Or, or Prime or Prime's just a plushy teddy bear that's holding a heart. <laughs> I would have mixed feelings. <laughs> I would like that something would get changed, but I would absolutely be like, why the fuck is or Prime a teddy bear, bro? <laughs> I would have mixed feelings as fuck. I don't know. I don't know how I'd behave. I really don't. That, mm, you just fucked me up with that question. I don't know if I like that. Uh, <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. But let, let's get into the patch here real quick. So one of the first things that we're going to point out, again, 15.1 literally just got announced and released as we're doing this recording. So yep. shout out to them for knowing our schedule. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, let's let's start off with some of the bug fixes here. So apparently, as far as abilities are concerned, they fixed an issue on some stairs hindering the targeting of certain abilities. Now, we've I, I will say that we've seen that issue in the past. So maybe that's just a a, a, a hardship when adding to a verticality to some of these games and abilities, right? So I can definitely see certain abilities as they get added to the game. Maybe that's going to get a little bit of tweaking, but it's nice to see that that's going down. Right. Um, right. On the core, they fixed an issue causing deaths for the enemy fountain to credit the kill to a target. That was a pretty big bug. Uh, I saw a lot of people exploiting that, that you could actually confirm your own kill, like your own bounty, oh. and it would feed the bounty to you if you just went and kamikaze into their core. Like if you just made it so it was definitely a big exploit that was game changing. I'm glad that got changed. Very, very nice to see. I never saw that. What, maybe you didn't notice. You feel me? But maybe that's had to do with somebody stomping on the other team. So I'm glad that it got adjusted. No, I think now I heard the I would have heard the enemy core being attacked type thing. Uh, I don't. It, it wasn't the core. It was the fountain, like where you regen, where they just step in insta die. Oh, true. All you would see is that the enemy died and nobody got the credit for the kill. So, got you. 
I'm glad that that got adjusted. It said core above it, so I was thinking like you were literally attacking the core. But okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it's called core, but I get it because it's in the core area. So sure. Right. Um. Then as well, Feng Mao, couple different bug changes, uh, bug fixes. Right. His right mouse button, his sh- guardian shield, fixed an issue causing the shield to do damage to heroes in stasis where they shouldn't take damage. So that's a good fix. Uh, his Q fixed an issue allowing player to dash out of the fountain before the start of the match. I did not even know what the fuck somebody was doing that shit. Teleport out to the other side of that wall and then you imagine you gank them as soon as they enter the jungle. What the fuck? Oh my gosh. Okay, so good thing that got fixed. Uh, fixed an issue causing ability to clip incorrectly on various objects on his teleport. I can tell you that after the fault partner panel last week, I definitely ran into that a lot as playing as, as much Fang now as I did. Like his teleport would get caught on, you know, like a Decker AOE or like a gadget AOE. Like if you were inside of Gadget's dome or ultimate, you couldn't teleport out. You would get, the teleport would get stuck inside of the dome. Like it would collide with it. So I'm glad that that's a fix that they're implementing. Now, as well, his ultimate, the Imperial Sentence, uh, fixed an issue where it was only granting first ability level amount as extra bonus physical power after executing. So apparently it was just stuck on the first. It wasn't scaling properly. Uh, Fixed an issue allowing Feng Mao to recast his ultimate after the recast window expired if he was still aiming the ability. Oh, so apparently somebody found a bug where as long as you pressed R and it was targeting, like without confirming, you could literally just walk around with it because it was still technically a like you never unclicked away from it. So I'm glad that fake that's fixed. I can only imagine how many people took care of that. Like you'd feel me? How many people actually took it advantage of that? The timer ran out walking around the map with R just waiting 30 seconds away from him. How did he still use it? Oh. Yeah, that yep. that that explains what we talked about last week. Because yeah. they, they definitely was one of those like they get, I was literally just in chase mode, but I had my ultimate targeted, ready to cast. Maybe it's something that I didn't even notice, but it's possible that I would have gone past the time for the time threshold there as well. So good to see that there is a lot of balance changes, a lot of bug fixes that borderline made him very broken in very ways. Right. Both good and bad. So I'm glad to see how some of those changes are getting implemented. Uh, as far as items are concerned, rad poise, radiant poise, fix an issue preventing preventing the stasis from being used while spell shielded. So there was like a little clash issue between those two. It seemed like uh, Nirvana jewel fix an issue preventing stasis from being used while spell shielded. So it looks like it was just a stasis issue across the board. But see, that seems to be fixed. Super minions fix an issue causing double super minions to spawn even without all the inhibitors destroyed. I don't think I ran across that one. I, I definitely would have noticed. I, I definitely would have noticed Super Minions be like, what the fuck is this doing here? Inhib this still up. I, I did notice Super Minions spawning like way too fast. Like, like it just yeah. went down and they were in the next wave. And it was like, at least one was in the next wave. It was like, what the fuck? Okay. Like, no. Yeah. Interesting. That would have been bad. So big change there. Good. Now, they they're adjusting favor here a little bit i want to read this paragraph that they have on here it says it's been long it's long been mentioned excuse me that we plan on a full favor uh, overhaul 
in their system. And so until we aren't working on bigger, better things, we will continue tweaking the current favor system. The benefit that each rafter was giving did not seem rewarding enough when compared to the risk to take them. The overall intent behind the objective, which is to provide a means in the early game to build up power and influence through success, successive acquisitions of the objective. Sorry, that word fucked me up. Uh, each point of favor is roughly 50 gold worth of stats. So we're increasing the overall benefit giving to the entire team from favor from 750 gold to a thousand gold per raptor. Okay. So what so what they're saying essentially is they're giving everybody an extra favor point, which across a five-man team, it'll equal to your entire team getting a thousand gold distributed amongst them. Is basically the math that math that's adding up there. So I mean, I, I get it because there was there was a lot of there were a lot of matches where it's like, hey, man, we don't got to worry about wraps until they start getting to four or five. Quite frankly, if they have two, three wraps, we can still easily win this game. So I like the fact that they're making it more valuable. I, I also I worry that way. I mean, I think it's, really? it's more beneficial. Yeah, I mean, that, that four favorite points is going to be huge, but like it's not much more than three favorite points. You know, like I, like I, I, I guess I see it when you're looking at it as a team. Yeah, only when stacking. Then, yeah. Like you, you're literally just adding five favorite points. You know, one to each person all, all the way across. Like it's not. I, I mean, and again, I, I, I think it's you're you can you. It's still the same mindset. Like you, you are as long as you're not. If you don't have the ability to defend it or or uh, get a good attack, just let them take it. It's not worth to fight over it. It literally is. Well, I'll game. tell you how it's much more impactful now, because beforehand, what you would receive in four Raptors, you're now receiving in three Raptors. That's that's a significant shift. You get me like how I was saying before, like you only got to really got to worry about after like four or higher. Now, as soon as they got the third Raptor, which can be relatively early into the match, like they could easily get three Raptors in like the first 25 minutes, right? Now it's a bigger power spike. I still and think incrementally it's the same going mindset, from there. No, I don't think the, I don't think the mindset is I don't think that mindset is ever. Hey, we're just gonna wait until the fourth Raptor and then we'll go attack. You know, it, it gets more of like, okay, if we have a clear run to the Raptor or we can get a pick, yes, we'll take Raptor. But it's never a hey we need to like literally at six minutes there's going to be a team fight at raptor we need you there that's never like it's the, you don't need to do that it literally is at the point it's hey it's four favorite points six minutes in we're not worried about it let just let's get the landing phase going or keep, keep the landing phase going and then we'll meet you at raptors in 12 minutes or whatever the reset timer is for that you know like you know what i would have preferred uh, i might be alone on this but i would have preferred that the raptor along with a uh, smaller or prime just be a little bit tankier because right now if i'm a feng mao with red boots i can solo the raptor just as long as i have my red boots i i got mangoose on my stuff here uh i know he's gonna agree with me um so mangoose you don't even have to talk um i just agree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, be like i'm raptor. just gonna put him on my side of the table here you're welcome <laughs> i think raptor needs to be a a progressing 
uh, a reward. Uh, you get it for the, you get the first Raptor, you get okay. this, you get the second Raptor, you get this, you get the third Raptor, you get this. And that way you start stacking Raptors and that's more beneficial for you. I think that's what it needs to be. Mm. Four favor all the way around. Every time you go, you get there, you get four favor. Like you would say like first Raptor, everybody only gets two favor. Second Raptor, everybody gets three. The next one after everybody gets four, it's like, the more you prioritize it, the better reward it is for the later game. That's sort of I mean, it doesn't have to be fa- yes, in a sense like that. But like it doesn't have to be favor. It could be like a uh, a team buff. You know that like you you get it, and then like now we have this team buff that goes on or whatever. You know, like and then when you know the 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 higher you go, the bigger the buff. You know, the more Raptors you get, that like that buff is now. But yeah, and then obviously you're gonna have just like a cap, you know, like hey, if you got eight raptors, you're not getting like the ninth raptor is not gonna give you anything extra, it's just gonna give you that same, you know. Bro, if you got eight raptors, why the fuck are you still playing? Just end it. <laughs> yeah, that's <what laughs> you I, feel me? Yeah, eight, eight's still high, but you you know what I'm saying. Like just pick a number, whatever that number is, you know, like hey, this is your cap, you know, and then you're good to go. But like something, you know, just some kind of buff that kind of lets you go from there. You just kind of as you go, like, all right, the next one we get is huge. We gotta get that third raptor. I, I feel like somebody should probably make the Raptor scale because it is one of those things that once I have two, like two items on a carry with boots, I can three shot the Raptor. I literally right. can just go in there solo. You feel me? Like, shouldn't it scale with right the rest now. of the minions? The Raptor scales with the team, like how well the teams are. Like they have the, it scales against the, the best team. No, and the jungle camp gives me more problem to. It, it, I literally struggle to kill the, oh, those three minions I, in the jungle camp more than the raptor. I'm not <laughs> saying that it's not easy to kill a raptor. I'm saying it does scale. Now, does it scale enough? Probably not. You know, gotcha. I agree with you. I'm just saying. Like, I know, like raptor and prime, they they put that out, and it was like 13.8 or whatever. They put it out like, hey, you know, the raptors are gonna, you know, it literally depends on how the team fights are going now. Like, it's going to benefit to be the the highest team or whatever you know if you're the best team you're going to be able to go through it easier than it is going to be if you're the worst team mm-hmm. for sure uh, i just want to go back to the like easy i just said it too the raptor in fault gives favor the raptor in both predecessor and overprime give like a team-wide buff that increases each time you take that objective yeah like the buff changes and- yeah strikes me as far more meaningful than the favor. I mean, I see how they're trying to incorporate the favor because it's like, you know, the strange matter is unique thing. And technically you are getting a team wide buff, but it applies to everybody differently depending on what you're building. Right. I get the uniqueness of it, but I don't disagree with you that those four points of favor might mean more to a carry than it does to somebody putting it into health, for example. Right. And you can still utilize favor, you know, favor can still be part of the buff, you know, but like something else that goes on with it as well. Like, I don't, you know, I'm literally, I'm not the one that can sit here and make a develop a game. And I'm not one to know all these like buffs that are going to happen, but like for the next X amount of time, you know, you guys get 8% lifesteal, you know, like by killing Raptor, plus you get two favor. You know, like you might getting Raptor or something. I don't know. Like that's, mm. well, that, is that a good thing? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not the one to, to be, to, I don't know. I mean, that's, me, in, that's interesting. Overprime and predecessor are doing, and I'll tell you, I, I can give you something that's a little bit better with it, you know, but like, I don't, 
I'm just saying, I think that idea is better than just using four points of favor across, flat all the way across every time you get wrapped. I mean, you just brought up an interesting point because the the larger amount of favor, uh, kind of like PP Duck is saying in the chat, it just promotes death falling, right? Or snowballing, excuse me, not death falling. Uh, it promotes snowballing because, and you know, if, as long as you prioritize those Raptors, your team has five Raptors, they have none, your team's going to be, you just helped out your whole team. Like, your team's pretty damn beefy at this point, right? right? But the way that you brought it up is interesting. What if they got a temporary effect plus favor? But not too crazy favor. Like, let's say everybody gets two favor. It's a little something. But the better, like the favor stacking is better for late game. But for the current state, it, it might be maybe they get 5% Omni vamp or something where it's healing from abilities and basics, right? Or maybe your team now gets an increased, I don't know, 5% movement speed for like a minute. Right. Like just some sort of buff that might dissipate over time. Will can give you an immediate reward while the favor slowly stacks in the background. I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. That honestly might be something they could probably look into. It just be more about what they decide to do and how they decide to implement it to make it balance, right? right. But yeah, definitely. Now, and now definitely they did interesting. say in that in that uh, paragraph above that they this is just something they're doing until they actually because they still have a completely rework that they overhaul they want to do. And while they're still working on that, this is just what they're going to tweak. So that could be something that they're doing completely. This is just their holdover, you know, just to hold us over until we get to that point. So I'm more interested in that uh, uh, dev stream. Uh, Silfen said that he eventually wants to get it to the point to where favor is it, it's different based on the individual. Like you're the favor you get is is different if you're a Murdoch or if you're a Sparrow, you know, like you're getting something, you know, whatever, however that's beneficial, you know, benefiting there. That'd be cool. Like if they get it to that point where the favor that you get helps strengthen your weakness as a character, right? Like let's say for example a Sparrow that has zero mobility, maybe favor on her would increase her movement speed slightly. Whereas opposed to maybe a twin blast, got a mobility and attack speed, maybe not necessarily the most damage. Maybe he's going to get damage per favor. So who I knows? No, I don't know if that, I mean, I, I understand that it, may, it completely makes sense. But then I also think that then it just becomes overpowered like that. Like you leave these characters have these weaknesses for a reason. Like if you take True. that weakness away. Now it's just what's like, literally you just put God mode on, you know, like, you know, especially late game Sparrow what, what, that doesn't have slow, like who, who who can just run across the map like no issues like that. I, like how you stop that. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that favorite rework because the last time we saw a favorite rework, we went from favors scaling individual items to now favors scaling individual stats and ignoring the items completely, which was a good change because now you could build whatever you wanted and still scale the favor that you, the, the stat that you want. Feel me? Right. So I'm, I'm very curious as to how they're going to rework the whole system and how long it's going to be. Right. Cause they're talking about it now, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see that change anytime soon. They're just letting us know, Hey, this is a bandaid in the meantime. Now, on heroes, they actually mentioned here 
The intent behind basic attack carries is that they have limited influence in the early game, yet scale heavily through the power of items. Meaning as gold becomes more prevalent across the map as the game progresses and the more items they acquire, the more their influence builds and compounds itself. A lot of commas in that sentence. Uh, this contrast between weak and strong was not as evident as we'd like it to be, especially when the carries are in an offlane role. True. And so a portion of their basic attack damage has been redistributed from the early game into the late game. Carry basics should be roughly 9% weaker in the early game, but scale through hero levels, hero levels, excuse me, more to reach the same end game potential as before. As a carry main, oh, yeah, I was about to say, as a carry main, this sucks, but I like it. It's it need it was needed. I was gonna say, as an as a carry main, like this is where like I wish I would have joined the game now. It's because you didn't get used to the way it was before. Because I'm I'm so used to what I'm able to do and how like where the power I'm able to you know I have in through the whole game. Now I have to adjust that until I get to late game. You know, and it's like that's just it sucks. I, I understand it. I just wish it, I just wish I could light up all the people who would just like take advantage of ranged off lane. I could just punch them in the face. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it was needed, bro. Like, I'll tell you, it as was, a carry, you know, it, it, there's no reason it, it why just because I'm three and oh, I can box anybody in the team and fuck them up because I have right. one item already built. You get me? So I, I completely get it. But that, that's also going to be a bit of a shift because the team's going to realize, hey, we might need to babysit the carry a little bit more as the game progresses. Right. So I get it. Uh, PP Doc in chat is asking, what do they consider a carry? So basically, any uh, when they're saying carry, anybody whose basic attack is the majority, is the main damage of their kit. That's what they're saying. Like, for example, Feng Mao was advertised as a well, Feng Mao was literally advertised as a melee carry with mobility. Right. So Feng Mao, you're going to you're probably going to see maybe some changes to that. Right. Like, who knows what well, we're going to go into it. We're going to go into it. If they didn't change Feng Mao in that list of carries, like like literally they should have uh, who what is it? They should have Feng Mao. They should have Boris. They should have kalari in that list of carries but if they're literally only going off of what other games might call a marksman like the range carry it's, it's that's that's carry. gonna be rough this is, but this is it's this literally is that sentence read that sentence again or that paragraph that that is all for ranged offlane that's to to combat against range offlane that's what that is stop like the last patch to stop range i got so you literally this is this is so we don't have a not rock and off lane so we don't have a twin blast and off lane so we don't have a sparrow and off lane so we don't have a green yeah, or grim, for example and you go yeah. down there and you go down there and you're gonna see that that's what we're you're gonna get it's literally to help stop but the problem is i also why are we we need something else though this is as an adc main yeah you keep picking on us adcs but like buff the support gash, too what about more gash <laughs> off lane yeah you know what about, i i, I definitely think abilities lane? in the offlane are much more dangerous than basic attacks in the offlane right but uh but let's see some of the changes that they meant here she's and she's got her abilities like that's just that's some bullshit i don't disagree yeah countess yeah so let's get into countess now they're mentioning here burst assassins are meant to deal damage in burst to overwhelm and surprise their targets 
When balancing the gameplay of these type of heroes, considerations need to be made regarding the outplay potential. And Countess was not providing enough of this potential through her ability to deal rapid damage. Okay, so on her E, they added a recovery time of 0.1 seconds. So after you cast it, you can get back to doing whatever the hell you were doing a little bit faster. Okay, quality of life change. Her right mouse button, the blade siphon, added on, recovery time. Sorry, added recovery, dark tide, the E. Which one's that? Uh, that should be her comb. Her, oh, the little. Yeah, she the, the wave okay. that she throws forward. So now, okay. now from when you actually start casting the ability to getting back to doing whatever you were doing, basic attacking, casting the next ability, it's a tenth, it's basically 10% faster. Gotcha. Or not, not a full ten percent. Sorry, because I don't, I don't know the actual full length of the animation, but point one second faster. Added recovery time. Added recovery time of point one seconds. Like added recovery time. So I think that's gonna slow. Like right? Would that not slow that? I, it's worded. Yeah, it like, I can see how it's. I okay, I, I, I no, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. So added recovery time. So they made it. So it takes longer. I really wish that were worded differently. Quite frankly. Yes. Felix, uh, no, nah, it's not faster. It, it's how long you have to do something else. Okay, so she it takes her longer. She's not able to do the next thing for another 0.1 seconds. So it is a nerf in a sense. Interesting. And then on here, we see on her right mouse button, base energy armor reduced from 32 to 30, and then added recovery time to her right mouse button of 0.125. Okay. So it's interesting that they're then providing two nerfs, if that's the case. But then in the paragraph above, they're like, she wasn't good enough the way we wanted her. So let's make her a little worse. Hold on. So burst assassins are meant to deal damage and burst to overwhelm and surprise their targets. When balancing the gameplay of these types of heroes, considerations need to be made regarding the outplay potential. And Countess was not providing enough of this potential through her ability to rapidly deal damage. Okay, you so know what? I think it's the giving the prior conversation. I get it now. So they're basically yeah. providing more outplay potential for people going against Countess. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. I get it now. And and yeah. the next person. Gotcha. Okay, I get it now completely. So then we see on here, uh, Fang Mao, his base health got reduced to five forty, so they reduce it by ten HP. Uh, base energy armor got reduced from thirty two to thirty. Okay. Small change. We'll see how that goes. The reaping dash, the Q cooldown got reduced. That's got to be reversed. Uh, I actually, uh, one of our viewers uh, sent me that in a DM and said that's it should be increased. That's, that's a, a yeah, the Ryan Red or somebody or Balix whoever wrote this. I think that should be the the number should be flipped. So I think it should be fourteen, thirteen point five, or it should be an increase cooldown. Increase we just got told we need to refresh. Okay, interesting. Increase. So you need to refresh, fix the while ago. Okay. Well, all right. Sounds so good. refresh. All right. Cooldown increased. <laughs> there, there we, we go. go. We refresh it. Cooldown increased from starting at 12 seconds, ending at eight, to starting at 14 seconds, ending at 12. That was definitely needed because that that teleport of his definitely came through a little bit too quick you could you really couldn't get away from him he could apply an instance of damage from it so that's a much needed nerf to his uh his q and we have well, his right mouse but also reset on on kill too didn't it so like you already get a reset on it like it i mean the numbers should be a little bit higher in my opinion anyway so i'm a cool i'm definitely that's a good cool point 
I would argue that the teleport that the teleport cooldown should actually be even larger because it has that benefit of going straight to zero if you get a kill. Yep. Like it really should be a high risk, high reward. Like, hey, either you kill somebody and it refreshes or you're stuck there for the rest of this fight for damn sure. Even right. if you build the cooldown, right? Because I've seen some nutty cooldown builds what on is, What is um, Gideon's teleport? Because if you're using Gideon's teleport, it's mostly for escape, right? Um, yeah, there is something not always. You kinda, I, I said usually. I know it's not yeah. always. Yeah, there are times you do it to I was emphasizing. engage it and drive. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? So, but I mean, like, so if you're using it for escape, but what's his cooldown? So his if his cooldown is X amount, whatever, you don't get to use it right again just to keep going down lane, like. You know, I think there should be uh, it should be around equal to that, I think, or maybe a little bit more than that, because, you know, Gideon doesn't get to refresh it if he gets a fucking cosmic rift, you know, landed perfectly or something. You know, it doesn't get a reset. So or a kill off a cosmic rift. So I uh, yeah. I think it should be a little higher than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree because a good thing will still be able to successfully get a kill, use it at the right time and then have another teleport to get out or whatever it may be. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I like the outplay potential that it provides. I just definitely be think it should have a bigger setback if you don't execute it properly. Higher skill right. level. Um, then his right mouse button, the physical power scaling got reduced from 100% to 85%. That's definitely that definitely was needed because the amount that of shields that you could get. Yeah, that's a that that one is definitely a bigger nerf because the they amount of shields that you got, the amount of damage was kind of nutty. They could have made this from 100 to 50, that'd be the only change to Fing Mao, and that would have been a sufficient nerf to Fing Mao. Like, uh, yeah, that, that would have, if, if they did that, that would have hurt the fuck out of him, bro. His right surely, mouse button is so rely, like, relying on It is his bread and butter. That is the problem with Fing Mao. If you have an all-in hero that's supposed to just deal a shitload of damage, don't also give them a fucking 600 shield when like on demand that's when when they're building squishy yeah i mean i i like how they designed his shield like if you have any shield left over it explodes and does that as aoe damage or it, you could just use it as a shield it got absorbed whatever right but i don't i don't disagree that the scaling was definitely too high i could definitely see the scaling on the shield being nerfed again later down the road i think this is more of a soft nerf that they're like oh, well let's see how 15 percent affects it and then later they might be like, yeah, maybe let's turn it to 75. So like they're, they're going to slowly tweak it. Right? All right. So just because I want to make sure I remember what you guys taught me before, physical power scaling reduced from 100 to 85%, right? So this is when I put on an item, uh, a, you know, Sword of Souls. I put Sword of Souls on Fang Mao, which gets me up. Then once I stack it all the way, I'm getting 100 physical power off of that. So I'm getting 100% of that. I was getting 200 uh physical power off of that because oh, i was getting the extra no 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 so the way that it works is whatever power you've built that percentage of scaling gets applied as extra to the ability so beforehand if you built 100 power now whatever your shield did add 100 power to that okay that's in, in this equation like right getting 85 percent of that 100 Correct. So yes. if you build a gotcha. hundred power, now you're only getting 85, 200, et cetera, scale from there. Gotcha. All right. So overall, as, as the further the game goes down, you're going to, uh, you're going to notice the significant decrease because it's not 
like 15% scaling is actually pretty nutty when you, when it comes down to games. So I, I can definitely see that making a difference. I could totally see them nerfing it even slightly more like down to the seventies probably, but a nice change to see overall, like as somebody that's been playing Fang Mao time, definitely needed adjusting. Uh, and then on his ultimate, the execution cast recast delay got reduced to 15 seconds, used to be 20. I would have been okay if they had it. Like a good thing now, 10, 10 seconds in a fight is a lot. I'm going to be real with you. So if he, a good thing now could recast within 10 seconds, 15 seconds, that's arguably giving him like, that's like you kill two people. The third person showed up to fight. It's still there. The fourth person showed up to fight. You still got the recast. You get me like those fights can end pretty damn quick when the, the time to kill. It's so sensitive. And then at this point, I could totally see them lowering that to 10 again. But again, this seems more like a a soft nerf to not kill him, like, you know, not bury him to the ground and just see where he stacks. That's what I think this is. Yeah, I mean, and I've always been I've always been a supporter ever since we've been doing this show about them doing these these slow changes, you know, not like I don't want to explain. All right, we're going to go to this end of the spectrum. OK, now we got to bring them back. Let's let's work our way to that part of the spectrum and we'll get to that fine spot where we need to be at. So I'm OK with this. The fact they brought it down is great and we'll see where he's at, you know, uh, you know, in a week or two or whatever. And we'll make changes from there. Yeah, I, I could do it. I could totally see them going back to the drawing board with him and adjusting a little bit more. But it's it's a step in the right direction of some of the things sure. that definitely made him make him a little broken. Uh, then we see on Grim here, his base damage got reduced from 58 to 53. But then damage increase per hero level got increased from 2.8 to 3.09. Very specific number. I'm assuming they just took the final number they wanted and they're like, divide that by 18. Right. <laughs> So and then what is that? That's 58 times 18, right? No, 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 no. So what it is, is you grab 3.09 times that by 18 and then add it to 53. That's that's how okay. that math would go. Um, but then we see them do something very similar on Murdoch, right? Like Murdoch, uh, his base damage was 64. Now it's 59. And his damage increase per level went from 3.5 to 3.79. So we see it on Sparrow. Base damage got reduced from 53 to 48. Damage per level increase is now 4.29, used to be 4. And then we see Twin Blast. He went from base damage 47 to 42. And then damage per hero level increased to 3.04, used to be 2.75. So... It's it's kind of interesting to see you just see all these side by side because we don't really get to see them side by side often like that. How much each one of them scales in damage per level and where their base level is at. Like, for example, somebody can easily see it's like, hey, Murdoch level one hits a lot harder. But if you allow those levels to kick in, somebody like Sparrow could easily catch up and surpass the base damage. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just did the grip math. I didn't do anybody else. I did the grip math, right? And 58, so the first way, the way it was the first, it was 108.4, and now it's 108.62. So you're actually getting a 0.22 uh, increase at late game. Okay, but, but, yeah, but still similar. It's yeah. just making it so you reach that stage later in the game, right? Right. But it, it is interesting to see, though, like, especially with the scaling and everything, like, Sword of Souls might 
seem more enticing on certain heroes than it might on others. Some people might actually get in there and do the math and be like, hey, this character, Sword of Souls is a good idea. If you're building a Twin Blast, starting off at 42 has the slow, the the lowest scaling out of all of them, you know, maybe maybe you might want to go for something that will give him a little bit more of a boost right now. Like I've seen a lot of Twin Blasts go back to a Gravedigger Crossbow, for example. So interesting so to see. We'll see how it goes. Murdoch and Grimm both ended with 0.22 more than what they did before. It's almost like they purposely wanted the 0.22 at the end. Interesting. So it's like, hey, we're punishing you early. Let's at least give you a little bit more later so right i mean interesting interesting to see it's gonna do for me but yeah <laughs> well, yeah i mean you're, you're not wrong but as when it comes down to scaling and adding a whole bunch of other items and stuff i can definitely see how they're trying to make it so that carries won't just rule the lobby with two items it, this literally might be like hey now you might need the third or fourth item on carries because it definitely makes a little bit more of a difference right but we'll see how it goes. Like all of this in theory versus in practice can definitely be very different. So we'll see how it goes and we'll we'll come back to it next week. This is once again, duo carries paying for the sins of all playing carries. Yep. Yeah. Not wrong. So Grim, Murdoch, and Sparrow. I'm not going to do a twin blast. I'm just assuming that it's 0.22. All of those three were 0.22 higher. So, yep. Gotcha. So it just makes sense across. Okay. Yep. So then uh, we see some item changes here. Now, Baleful Armor, the area of effect damage from the passive change to 24 in the beginning, scaling all the way up to 58 damage dealt. Uh, now it, it, it's basically 24. You're starting at 24 and then you gain two per hero level. But the damage was increased by 50% against minions and monsters. Ooh. So I don't know. I don't remember if if this is a, a nerf to the damage or just an adjustment, right? Not too familiar on what the actual stats were. If somebody in chat could probably check on that for us and let us know. But it's interesting, the fact that it's it's going to be more useful against minions as opposed to pe people, which I think definitely helps control it a little bit because we all know Bill Farmer is arguably one of the best tank items in the entire game. Because of all that damage that it actually outputs, it actually sneaks up on you. More, you're getting two more uh, base damage. So it stopped at 58, right? 25 to 58. Now it's 24 plus two per hero level. So once you get to you know, 18 levels, you're getting your stop at 60 now. You'll max out at 60 instead of 58. You think so? Because I, I feel like here two, they're saying... It's two times 18, right? Yes, except level one. You feel me? Wouldn't it? So oh, no. I guess if you... Yeah, because I, I think if you equip it for some reason, level one, it would just be the base 24, right? I think the hero scaling, the per hero level only starts when you start adding more. I don't know, but it, essentially, if this math is correct, right, it starts at 24, ends at 58 regardless. So I'm I'm interesting to see how that's going to affect laning of everybody that has it and how it's going to affect actually going up against people. Because, for example, a ranged off lane versus a Baleful Armor now, now the Baleful Armor is going to be able to clear waves much faster, which means they're pushing into that ranged person a lot faster as well. I, I almost feel like as far as laning is concerned, it might be even more meta to take that T1 and get the, you know, get that solo right. lane and start rotating. 
but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> then we see D Trigger says though you also have what the jungle clear is going to be faster now too. True, very true, and monsters. So that's going to affect wraps everything. Yep. So it's it, we're definitely going to see a shift of people that decide to build armor, but they don't necessarily lose out on that wave clear or the jungle clear as before, right? So that's going to be super interesting. Um, then we see Demonic Embrace passive activation health threshold got increased from 35 to 40% max health. So now the Demonic Embrace extra life steal, whenever you're low, gets triggered earlier. Again, I think this is just one of those changes to maybe get people to use Demonic Embrace more. I've seen people use it more frequently, but not as much. So maybe they're just trying to make right. it relevant. Uh, matter limiter, the slow that it provides got increased to 30% once you actually have it equipped. So careful for gadget mains out there. We see as far as the support items, the support items are actually getting a couple different changes here. So the bracelet of the opulence, which is it's about you know, time. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, it should have been an automatic evolve. They're the only ones that had to pay for it. Yeah, I don't and disagree. This, that, that needed to be done a while ago. They don't get enough 100%. gold as it is, but they got to pay for it. Like, come on now. Yeah, that for sure. So now it automatically evolves from the shiny bangle, as you yeah, said. Once it's evolved, sports. true. <laughs> once it once it evolves, it'll give you two health regen. It now grants five golds every ten seconds automatically. Health got increased from three hundred to three sixty. Energy armor and physical armor provided got increased to 15 on both of those. Very nice. Uh, the earlier stage, this is kind of weird how they put like the upgraded version, then the the, the previous version here. Uh, but then the shiny bangle, the initial stage of that now is going to give you three gold every 10 seconds. The valor gain timer, basically how quickly you can farm, got reduced uh, to 35 seconds. So you'll be able to get those stacks a little bit quicker. Uh, and then it evolves into Bracelet of Opulence for free once you've earned 750 gold from the item. So even if you're not consuming your stacks properly and you're just relying on that gold over time, it will eventually upgrade itself. Yeah. It's not necessarily only skill based, but if you have the skill, you can upgrade it faster. I don't mind that. I don't know how impactful that's going to be because it definitely seems like a big buff, but I don't mind right. it. So it says, and this is just might be me being too nitpicky. It says now evolves to bracelet uh, opulence uh, for free once 750 gold has been gained from the item. But you also get a normal gold drip too, right? So are they literally going to negate what, okay, this is the normal gold drip and like, okay, this is what you've got. This is your 750 you've gotten over that. Or is it literally just going to be once you get 750 gold? After no, no, no. It's going to be from the item. From the item, it's not going to include gold drip or minion kills or anything like that. Okay, I would hope not. That would be fucking stupid and overpowered if it would if it actually included regular gold drip and regular gold gain. But yeah, okay. the way it's worded, I do believe it's just going to be what you get from the bangle. Okay, Once that equals seven hundred fifty gold, and then you're good. Okay. I mean, D-Trigger just put in the chat, you get 1,200 gold over 20 minutes and just doing nothing. So, I mean, in 20 minutes, you'll at least get free boots. So, I don't... I don't necessarily think that's too bad. I, I'm, I'm really just more interested to see how it's going to go in lane 
because considering the 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 traditional carry just got a nerf in the early game i also do feel like that support has to come online a little bit quicker just to be able to keep that carry alive especially since duo lane is a four-man party half the damn game we had you a five-man party over that one time like well, like it's like that a, it was like five minutes like we have five minutes we had the the, the solo later come on like what are you doing over here like raptor's not even up for another minute like what's going on you're not wrong uh pp doc in the chat is not wrong it was it's a six man because you have your your ally helping their team out it's like bro chill out stop beating don't go into a 1v5 what are you doing but uh i like i like the change overall again this is one of those theory over practice sort of things so we're gonna have to wait and see if it actually makes sense right um moving forward here then into the scry stone basically you were gone your camera was fine so yeah i must be an alien confirmed um yeah (laughs) i wouldn't be showing up at all if i was a vampire brain yeah, you're not showing up at all right now. <laughs> you're not wrong. I don't know what the fuck just happened. Uh, <laughs> anyway, good thing the stream can't see it. So moving right. forward, uh, we do have the Scrystone. Uh, very similar changes, right? Now grants, grants three gold every 10 seconds. Uh, gold gained from Valor got reduced to 20. Now evolves into Scryobolus for free after 750 gold has been gained from the item, including the stacks and the gold gained per second, per 10 seconds, excuse me. Uh, The fully upgraded version is going to give you the five gold every 10 seconds. Gold gained from Valor did get reduced to 20, though. And then energy power you get from it got increased to 45, while the mana region got increased to one. So a really nice substantial difference as far as the energy power and the mana region on that one. I like that Bangle provides you more armor because it's melee. I like that Scry provides you more damage because even if you are the melee character that likes to be hella aggressive, like a Narbass that's landing thunks every three seconds, you really can choose to go for Scry and benefit from the damage and the mana region and such, right? Probably not the play, but you know, who knows how that goes. Um, Just excited to see supports come online a little bit sooner because they never came online before and then they always stay behind. So I mean, I'm very interested to see how that's going to affect the dynamics of the dual lane to actually have a strong support in there. Car- you basically carrying the carry as it should be until the carry comes online. Right now, from there, we also see a few changes here on starter items. Titan's bow now grants 10 bonus damage to basic attacks against minions. I like that. Because of what they did, the changes that it's made, they just made me weak in the uh, in the early game. Well, at least mm-hmm. now I can still do my wave clear to about what I was doing anyways. So that's going to help me a lot. Yeah, so be mindful. Titan's Bolt already gave you the 10 flat damage, just like a pistol. But right. now you get the extra 10 damage to the minions, almost making it more beneficial to start Titan's Bow for somebody like me that never started Titan's Bow, right? So definitely more worthwhile of a starter item, plus almost making it be like, lifesteal. yeah, plus the lifesteal that yeah, it kicks in after the fact. Um, then from there, the Titan Spellbook, typically the mage starter item, bonus basic attack to damage minions increase from five to ten. So they get a little bit of help with the way with the minion clear. I definitely it might just be me, but for a character that never really is going to build into their basic attacks, 
unless they go through a specific build rate, I definitely feel like that should probably be a little bit higher. Like I wouldn't have been mad if it was another five, like 15, because last hitting with your basics as a mage is definitely a rough life in mid lane. Now, I haven't had a problem with it, to tell you the truth. So the with any mid lane here, I, I don't either because I don't really? play mid. I can't with you, Rack. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you at, <laughs> at least from, and I'm assuming that it's going to be a significant change notice throughout, but at least as a carry, because I'm always playing fucking carry, right? When you go from a carry landing a basic attack to then out of nowhere, that one mid lane match, you'd be like, oh, okay, I got to adjust. I'm definitely not doing as much as I'm used to here. So I, it, it's going to be interesting to adjust in general, being a ranged character with a weaker basic attack throughout the game and then picking up these early items to compensate then we also have titan's armor bonus basic attack damage to minions increase from five to ten so if you titan's armor it looks like throughout the board they're just like hey grab these starter items it'll help you in the laning phase and if you don't grab these starter items if you decide to start with something different then you know you're gonna have that disadvantage as far as laning but you chose to go a different path so I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I like those changes there. So Molo says with the changes to starter items, uh, this is not going to nerf. It's not going to be the nerfs to the uh, offlane ADC like that we were talking about. What do you think? Thoughts on that? So it's it's a nerf to offlane ADC as far as boxing, like as far as actually laying down damage to the enemy hero. It's a nerf as far as being able to just sit there and farm. Technically, that's not a nerf, right? But if you're an offlane carry that's literally just sitting there last hitting and, and you're losing these fights when you actually pick a fight, it, it, it's easier for a Greystone, a Quang, a Sevrog to bully that person because now that melee character, they know they have the advantage if they start a fight in the early levels, right? Like, let's say level six and before, they know if I start a fight, he's not going to be able to kill me. My damage output is higher. My sustain is higher. I'm going to be able to win this fight. His only option, if he decides to go solo carry, like solo Murdoch, is to sit there, farm, stay away from me, and he won't come online until, like, level 8, for example, or something. But if I let him live, if he's zero deaths by level 8, that's my fault as a melee carry, as a melee, you know, op leader. Right. No, it makes so, sense. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, if you, you can pretty much just kind of suffocate him then. At that point, you know, yeah, you can you can get some minions here and there, but you're not going to be able to get the kills and, and just power feed yourself like you normally do with the offlane as well. Yeah, which which we know that's really where the main source of gold and AXP has been coming from the fact that they can easily bully and get kills. Now they can't easily bully. They can't easily get those kills. They might still be able to depending on skill level. But they actually, it's not as easy for them to do so, even though it's just right. as easy to farm, if that makes sense. Now, I do see the, I do see a problem with what Molo's saying here is, you know, literally just going and free farming. You know, you're not like, uh, you literally, as the, 
the enemy offlaner, you need to go and 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 force that issue now with the the changes that are there. Because if you don't force that issue and you just allow them to free farm, you know, then they're just going. They're going to get levels faster than the uh, the actual ADC, and that's where it's going to be like you're going to go because uh, I know I, I look at now like as me and ADC made like I'm sharing my XP with my support, and I look over, I'm like, fuck, their solo later is like three levels ahead of me, like son of a bitch. How do I stop that Severog? You know, like. That that's where the issue is still gonna lie. If you yeah, but that but that's also gonna add more value. But it's gonna add more value to individuals that actually freeze their lane. You feel me? Right. Because if a solar laner is doing his job properly, he could easily freeze the lane in front of his tower. The moment that ADC has to walk past halfway to actually land the last hit, now he can get fucked up all the way back. You get what I'm saying? And I have this sustain as a Greystone or a Sevrog or whatever to be able to do that. You, right. you feel me? But if if their solo laner is just shoving lane and lets them free farm under their tower, then they kind of did it to themselves. You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense when I say that? No, it does. Yeah. I just I like the fact that. I don't know. Am I weird the fact to think that I like the fact that they're discouraging it? because it's going to be harder to box, but they're simultaneously be like, hey, if you really, really want to, because offlane ranged is a strat in every MOBA across the board, whether it be League of Legends, Smite, whatever. Like, if you really want to, you can sit there and farm. And if you manage to stay alive, you'll scale just like every other lane, like, like you're in mid, for example, right? But you run the risk of going up against somebody that could probably fuck you up in the first couple levels easily. At least the way right. things are now. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how that's actually going to play again. Theory over practice. I don't think it's a bad change in theory. I'm really just more concerned about how it's actually going to play out. Is it going to be enough? Are they going to have to change it more? Is it too much of a change? You get me depending on how it goes. So we'll see. I'm not mad at it, though. Like, shout out to them for actually dropping a patch <laughs> as we started this shit. Right. I'm telling you, bro. They're like, oh, shit, they went live, bro. Push it, push it, push it before they say we didn't do enough. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I, I, I think these changes to Feng Mao were needed. As somebody that's been loving playing him, I could definitely see more changes coming down the road. I'm pretty sure Mangus would agree on that. Mangus, if you want to go back into that little uh rant that we started yeah i'm more than i'm more than welcome like you're more than welcome to to go into that i'll follow you through the rabbit hole bro no i mean it's whatever i if if, you, if you're looking in the the wrap the show up and that's fine too i don't need to go into my fucking rant hey man at this Maybe point we're we're extremely early MM at this point what's that a matchmaking on mm yeah matchmaking at this point matchmaking is so fucked everybody knows it like false matchmaking is fucked because they don't have enough players and then the players that are there are driving away new players so 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 let's actually go in spiral that they need to fucking bring themselves out of but i don't like to bring up a problem without having a solution i have zero solution for this problem i don't know how they need to fix it well we could we could elaborate on that a little bit because i think we could all agree that their matchmaking is designed for a player base that isn't currently there. You know what I'm saying? So I think the argument could be made is the matchmaking 
maybe the matchmaking is well made, but there isn't enough players. So then the argument could be made, should the matchmaking be there if there is a if the threshold of players hasn't been met? I mean, I, I do agree they have a good set of matchmaking if it's you know if you're in the right spot. Like where I'm at with Elo, like I literally if I solo queue, I will go up against my Elo range. Like I do a great job with that, right? Um, but I can see where other people like you guys last night, you know, you guys got matched up against some. It's like this is not this is an unfair advantage in some of these things. And we've, we've seen some other people get matched up against, you know, the, the ELO difference being a pretty big gap, you know, from their, their worst player to their best player. You know, the one team's worst player, the, the other team's best player. That's a huge gap. And then that, that's the, where the issue lies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think a threshold, like, here's the thing. If they implemented a threshold between the difference between the highest player and the lowest player in the lobby, People might understand that that might lead to a little bit longer wait times. But like as a good player, you don't want to go up against somebody that's a thousand elo below you. It's it's almost a little bit too easy. Like it feels like bullying at a certain point, right? Like it's just like, damn, bro, I can definitely tell this person's new. Like every fight I I can literally fight this person in his minion wave and still win like this. It isn't fun to just kind of shit on somebody to that level. Right. So. I, I really think personally, and I'd love to hear what live chat thinks about this and everybody watching after the fact, but I would love to see some sort of cap, like the difference between the best player and the worst player isn't more than like 400 or 500. You get me? Because if you have somebody at 1900, it's a, it's a fair assumption to say somebody at 1400 or 1500 can actually defend themselves quite a bit, as opposed to I've seen a 2100 lane against a 900 and they were on my team they're on comms with me and i like you know it's a new player i'm trying to show them ropes i'm like hey man i'm gonna be real with you you're gonna have a rough time just play from tower play safe i'll try to come by as many times as i can but i can only imagine how many times it's happened and i had and you haven't been in comms i can't with you bro <laughs> uh, i mean the, the problem there though is if you do something like that that increases matchmaking timers then you're going to increase the amount of smurfs in the game not necessarily a bad thing for strange matter since you have right. to pay to create a smurf however the a lot of the frustration i have with fault comes down to not being able to really truly play the game like you want to play a game of fault you come in you see okay that bellica is account level 23 i'm playing gideon mid lane i'm just going to go out there i'm going to farm my lane relax a little bit, maybe hit them with an ability or two. They'll hit me with an ability or two to activate their Titan Spellbook, and it's all good. And then five minutes into the fucking game, that Belk is doing cartwheels under your tower while melting you with, like, three abilities, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. And it's because their main account is, like, 223, and they're a fucking Master Bellica, and you just got fucking styled on, and you have no idea what the fuck just happened. And you learn nothing from that. Um, a great example... I went up against a Grux in the offlane while I was on Greystone. The Grux was definitely better than me, but I still had a great time in that offlane, even though we lost the game, because I was able to at least adjust a little bit to his playstyle and try and learn a little bit of what he was doing as opposed to what, what I was doing, how I was playing as opposed to how he was playing. And it was really fun, even though I was against somebody better than me. So I don't necessarily mind losing, but getting absolutely crushed 
it is it, it's, it's demoralizing yeah yeah i i know plenty of people that not necessarily even over a long period of time let's say just on a daily basis you know how many people are like hey when do you want to play fault and i'm like sure let's get on after one game they're like fuck fault like these sweaty ass bitches literally going across. I have a support that's 20 and 0 right now on the enemy team. Like, fuck fall. I'm going to go to Minecraft. And they literally play the one game and they, they just don't try it for like a day or two. And then they come back later. But so it's keep trying to keep it constructive. What can they do about Smurfs? The only thing I can think of is maybe IP restrictions. But that wouldn't be fair for individuals that live in a in a single household, family, etc. Like there, there's just no fair or just way. Like where the few don't, the many don't pay for the I, mistakes of the few. I think that the play you're gonna if they're gonna if they're gonna smurf, they're gonna smurf, right? But there are gonna people who aren't gonna smurf. They're not gonna go through the hassle. They're not gonna spend the money. They're like, I don't care. I'm not that worried that much about it. You know, and or they'll just queue up and they'll just wait for the long queue times to happen. Like I'm not, I'm not too worried about the Smurfs. Like I don't let, I don't come across Smurfs. I do come across Smurfs, but I don't come across the Smurfs like that often. To where I, I, it's not like every match I go against like motherfucker another Smurf. You know, like I felt that way when I played League of Legends. I'm like I'm literally going against a Smurf every time I play a legal a game of League of Legends, and that's like look how big their player base is. You know, so you're you it's going to happen. You're not going to, you can't stop the smurfing. Right. So I'm just hoping, you know, but like at this point, I mean, if anything, just benefit from it as strange better studios, you might just, you're making money off of it, uh, off them happening. And the, the amount you're limiting the amount of times that person is going against that, you know, master player and, and allowing them to go against somebody more there, you know, by, by restricting that, elo range you're you know you're making it to where they have to do that and you're having a better chance of them going against an actual person in their range than it is actually a smurf interesting let's uh let's talk about what aimless is saying here in the chat shout out to aimless gaming um so he's mentioning what if you made it a little bit stricter for new players like if you're brand brand new there's a good chance that you might only like level 25s and under only go up against level 25s and under to where even if somebody that's smurfing they'll get those levels hella quick because they're constantly winning you feel me and new players might still be within that threshold they'll play with other new players like yeah a new player might take a little bit longer to find a match because they're either they're the new player restrictions are stricter but the counter argument could be made like aimless is saying in the chat would you rather have that new player wait a couple like two minutes longer for a match or would you rather that new player find a quick match against a high player and then never come back like way yeah. which one is a lesser evil there yeah well it it, it it's literally you could just throw a flip a coin and you're gonna it's it's a 50 50 chance that really when it comes down to it uh the the master player you know or the high elo player has been here been a while they're they're hardcore they they they're the loyals they're gonna they're gonna be here guess what they know what this game is going through the new players they just saw the game 
on steam or, or wherever, or they saw somebody playing it. So they picked it up. They don't know much about it. They don't know that it's still in early access. They don't know anything else. So they go into it and they, they get a long queue time. Oh, this game's, you know, I'm not, I can't, I'm not gonna play this game, you know, but the loyal players be like, Oh, yep. Long queue times. That just means, all right, we're still waiting for people to, you know, come on or whatever. We know it's early access. We know whatever may be, you know, do you think it might be better the other way? Like the more experience somebody has in the game, I could see, make a stricter for them. It, if, if there was a way of making sure that new player knew that this is an early access game and we got a small player base, and then that's why you're getting a long, long queue time. If there's a way that you could guarantee that that's what was happening, because that's, that's the, the new player is the one that we're trying to impress. We're not trying to impress the loyal player that's going to play no matter what's happening. Doesn't matter if Fang Mao's broken, he's going to continue playing, right? It doesn't matter if Boris is broken, they're going to continue playing. They've been playing. There's a reason their ELO is so high and they're still, their level is so high, right? That's the whole point. They play no matter what. It's those new people that we're trying to get them to stay here and play the game and enjoy it and be here for full release. That's the player we're trying to impress. So if we push them away because of long queue times, if we push them away because the uh, master they're going against is just destroying them, if we keep on pushing away these new players, it's going to be harder for this game to succeed. It's definitely two different sides of the same coin. 100%. I would say. Yeah. Like it's definitely a little bit on the rougher side. But damn. Like, you know what I you know what I was thinking about? What if they had it to where imagine you boot a fault for the first time and a little notification comes up like, hey, our game is still in early access development. We are not fully released. We are currently working on growing our player base every single day. We recommend that you try out our global chat feature to help coordinate with other players, make friends and get matches going. Just somewhere along those lines, give a positive spin to it to let people know it's like, hey, if you don't find a match, go to the global chat and be like, yo, what's up? Where's everybody queuing or whatever? Or you could do or go to playfault.com and then get access to our discord and talk to our bods there if you know to get more information stuff like that like yeah i would love yeah, def- that. Be yeah definitely like a discord link or something like advertise would be cool yeah um i was also gonna say because when you look at the in-game and you're changing servers like eu na sa etc um there's plenty of space in that bar that's currently there like they don't even have to change the side of the bar there's plenty of space in there to actually just put like how many people are in queue. Like you feel me? Like yeah. they could literally put NA in queue 37, EU in queue 52. So you can kind of see how many people are in queue as soon as a match gets started. Now those people got removed from queue, it'll update and be like, yo, this many people in queue or I don't know, like they, that's information that they could easily just put out there to kind of give people the idea be like, yo, they're like 300 playing five in queue. That means the rest of them must be in matches. Does that make right. sense? Like they, they could easily implement that sort of section in there if they really wanted to. Or like when you're switching between servers, click on a details button right next to it. And then a pop-up comes up and it'll tell you, Hey, EU, this many online, this many in queue. So you can actually see like, damn, there's 200 people playing right now. But there's only seven people in queue. Everybody's in a fucking game. That's why. It'd be a little bit more about intuition. You feel me? Maybe not as simple as, hey, we're going to spell it out for you. But having that option in there, I could see a lot of people appreciating. I don't know how you guys would feel about it. 
You think, would you actually even use that shit if that shit was in there? I mean, I would, yeah. I would definitely use it, but I mean, I don't, I'm not the, the so if you only play devil's advocate against it, it's going to be the people who just want to shit on fault and want to call it a dead game. So they'll take screenshots of the, you know, uh, of NA when during NA times that it's not, you know, like during, I uh, like literally we're at, we're like sleeping or at work, you know, and they're like, there's nobody in queue at NA. Like, oh, take a screenshot. Look at this dead game, you know? Right. And, <laughs> Put a time next to it. <laughs> But yeah, it's time like, makes it so people are like queuing NA 6:30 a.m. Why aren't people playing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, the I fuck you mean? I'm sleeping. <laughs> Wait, should that matter though? I mean, that I highlights mean, a, a basic problem with fault right now is that you can only yes, it's open 24/7. Can you play it 24/7 in the server that you wish to play? Fuck no. no. Right, right. But I mean, I, 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 that is a problem. I agree with that. But that's a problem we we've had. And I'm saying by by putting the amount of people who are queuing at that time, but then that which is what Windu was saying is like you put like, hey, you have at a server, you got 200 people in queue or whatever. You know that would be your you know. But if you go in there, you have zero people in queue. That's just going to be another meme that people will create and just be a negative factor for them because you have yeah. those people who just want to bash just to bash you know okay. it, I, I missed that part because i was peeing the right part where yeah. he's talking about showing how many people are in queue but i think red clown bring brings up a really good um point is that could also be detrimental if people see how few people are play actually playing the game that could be a a big turnoff for them yep and that's what I'm saying. That's that's this is the the part that sucks with the people not understanding that we're in early access that we have a low player base. Player player base. That's where getting that awareness out there is what would help a lot of these new players that they just don't understand that they came into an indie dev company early access game. You know, even though it says early access on it, they still just don't understand that. They think they came into a you know they they're in this game and they're they want to play it. You know. People just don't don't see the differences in that. I think most of Fault's problems stem from not only the lower player base, the low player base, but the players themselves. Yeah, the Fault community fucks Fault over so bad that I mean, we I mean we got we talked about this the very first. Like me, get like I got so pissed off at Fault the other night that I removed myself from voice chat so that I wasn't dampening everybody else's mood and then just fucking, you know, played my heart out for the rest of that game, but I quit immediately after I haven't touched fault since I was, I absolutely irate. And it was a culmination of a lot of different things. And it started with, I was playing a game with, um, uh, cherry temper, who is a pretty, pretty big over prime streamer. She was giving fault a try. Uh, she wasn't doing great in the mid lane. But that's fine. She's just learning the game. She wasn't comfortable with rotating and stuff like that yet, which that's how you learn. You start with the basic steps of learning how to play in your lane. Then you start rotating and that, that sort of stuff. But experienced fault players were being passive aggressive assholes towards her because she wasn't rotating. And right. Like th it wasn't necessary. And it doesn't matter if you're being passive aggressive or aggressive. It's all being a dick. And if you're a dick to new players that are trying to learn the game, then they're going to be turned off of the game and they're not going to play. So that's what started I mean, my fucking. Well, yeah, and and the anger. problem is, is is everybody accepts, oh, it's a MOBA, you're going to have toxic people. That doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. 
that doesn't mean that's what you should do. Yeah. That doesn't mean we need to conform to that, that idea. Like, like it can easily be changed if we literally just focus to not be that way. Like, I hate that mindset that people, Oh, well, that's just the way it is. Like, no, it, it can easily be changed. You don't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, like I, it's it's just a, such a weird subject because it is one of those things that we definitely should be actively as a community working to try and be more understanding, specifically towards new players, right? Because of the small player base. But I also feel like every established or dedicated MOBA player already just has it in their mindset like you're either toxic or you're weak that's that sort of bullshit right and i mean you even had it goose like in that last match where you're like you know what fuck this game i'm out you even had it where one of our fellow fault partners was you know just made only the one comment that we don't have a, an offlaner and that shit just pushed you right over the fucking edge you get me yeah which normally Le- wouldn't push me over the edge, but it was like I said, it was a culmination, a culmination of, yeah. it, yep. of a lot of things. Yeah, the the two matches you guys had before that was a, a you know it was a rough matches and stuff of that. Yeah, but after yeah, three was, shitty was, games, it's it's easy to just be like, hey man, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, we had matches against Smurfs where they were playing their main from their main account. Like, if you're going to play a Smurf, play some shit that you're not used to playing. You know what I mean? And give the other players a chance. Don't play the one that you've been playing for fucking years now. Right. Yes, a smurf to dick on people is definitely, people. definitely like that's different. one thing. And like, and then the other thing was like the match prior to that one where I lost my shit was the one where I was up against the Grox, where I knew he was better than me, but I was learning from him, and it was a fun experience for me, even though I lost my lane. The next match, I was up against the Fing Mao off lane with a uh, goddamn Greystone, and he was fucking up constantly, accidentally dashing under my tower and taking shots and fucking shielding at the wrong times and missing his hamstring, all sorts of shit. But he was still fucking dominating me in lane, which was kind of pissing me off that that Grux was so much better than him, but he was just doing way better than me just because he picked Feng Mao off lane and because his his jungler just kept showing up at all the right times. Like every time green buff spawned, his jungler was there. Um, Every time he was aggressive and I could have pushed back against him, I noticed their jungler dewarding me. So I couldn't push up against them because I knew I would get fucked over. So, you know, I, I, I got the mindset. Okay. My, my jungler's not going to help me out. That's fine. I'll just play off lane as best as I can. I'm going to lose this tower. That's fine. I'll just farm up and be as, and be as good of an offlaner as I possibly can without any help while their offlaner has plenty of help and hopefully we'll win the other lanes. Right. So, you know, with that, I'm I'm trying my absolute best, and then the guy makes the we don't have an offlaner. That set me off, which it probably shouldn't have. But I mean, you know, it's all there's always going to be the straw that broke the camel's back, and that could be the smallest straw ever. But it it was just enough, you know. And it, it you know it's it it, it sucks. It, it, it's situations you get put in. It, I mean, it is what it is. You weren't the thing is on that, and the way. It, everybody else should be with that situation is yeah, you can rage and you can get pissed at a game and you can do whatever. Now I agree with what you're saying. Games are supposed to be funny. You shouldn't be doing that, but it does happen. You know, it gets the best of us sometimes, but you weren't in there just shitting in the text on, on anybody else. You weren't, you know, you didn't get called out and you didn't just go in the text and just start just blasting everybody. 
you know, like, or whatever, or, or complaining about whatever being toxic. You, you literally were in your voice and you even got out of voice chat to, to stay at the, to keep the toxicity away. Like you did everything you could to keep the toxicity out of the game. And that's what everybody else needs to do as well. Like those people that, uh, that were, you know, flaming uh, cherry temper, they should have just avoided it as well. If they, you can get pissed all you want because your middle lane is not rotating just I, there's times i'm gaming as i'm streaming i'm like fuck dude i would like as I, a dual lane all right and a dual lane you're supposed to be getting ganks from the jungler there's times i've run a dual i'm like dude i haven't got a gank yet like we're 30 minutes in i've yet to see the jungler one time and i'll say that but i don't call that person's out name out on stream i know if my viewers are paying that much attention yeah they're gonna know who i'm talking about but i'm not saying that i don't call that person out individually but i was like man like I'll make those comments, but I'm not in, you know, hey, can we get a gank? Hey, dude, do your job. I'm not doing that because I just don't flame that person. I'm like, I'm just voicing myself out loud. And that's what I, that's the most I do. And, there, and there's ways to say that. Like you could say, hey, jungler, they're, they're pushing forward really far. It would be a great opportunity for you to gank our lane. Not this fucking jungler hasn't ganked our lane once. Right. Exactly. People are going to actually respond if you request help rather than just yeah flaming them and that that's what i saw with that game with where they were flaming our mid laner there was no there was never a, a moment where it started out as hey mid lane um their mid laner is rotating a lot can you come with, them, with them whenever you see them rotate and help out or some or, or something like that like there was never any of that it was just like i wish we had a fucking mid lane or yeah you know, just passive aggressive shit like that that kind of See, I think it, it ruins it for everybody, and it, and it doesn't help the person that you're that you're flaming at all. Whereas being constructive could help them. Now, if if you're the kind of person that wants to play like that and and be like that, then that's fine. You paid for the game; you get to play however you want. But if you want to see the game succeed, you're going to have to learn how to use tact when talking to other people. Right. So I will I will say I think that's a direct effect that we're witnessing because of the matchmaking and the low player base. Because yes, exactly. at like a certain, a pertin, uh, like everybody has the skill level that they think that they are. And they're already under the assumption that if I enter a match, everybody on my team should be at my skill level or better. That's like the mindset that they go into. Like when they don't realize like, yo, again, yeah, based off of experience. Well, anyway, but <laughs> what, you need to stop downplaying yourself. Anyway, <laughs> but the thing is like people people automatically react as if like hey i would have done that shit if i were jungler how come my fucking jungler isn't doing that shit like that's their mindset and they don't really they might not realize like yo homeboy's like on his 10th game ever or homeboy over here literally is on an account level 25 he's got a few games in but this is his first time playing mid lane ever like there's no indicators for that and since they are in the lobby, they automatically just make the assumption, hey, he knows what I know. That would honestly just, I don't know, man. Like it's its a tough thing to say, but it really would be fixed if people under level 25 only play with people under level 25. And if you specifically say like, hey, like oh, you'll reach the, the rest of the population if you reach this level. The problem you have with that though is if we're talking about level 25, you got those smurfs that come in. Now they're gonna go now. You just you basically just fed them to the fit, you know. Here you go. You put in a shark in there, like you know, it's like it would be negated. It would at least be negated though. It 
Like the it, amount of smirks you would you're, you're, would be you're gonna have it's gonna be few and far in between. You get me? And like let's say even if somebody Why? makes a smurf and they fly through those first 25 levels, right? Do you really think they're gonna make another smurf and fly through the first like you think people are literally gonna sit here and only buy smurfs to only shit on the new new people? Because I mean, that no, that's gonna be less likely, even though it's still possible. I just think that you're you're gonna get the people. I mean, and I mean, I'm not even talking about just doing it to shit on the new people. You're just gonna, you know, like you're creating a smurf. Like, okay, I'm gonna create a you know, because, like, what if you know, I'm not at this point, but you know, uh, yeah, but it, but sorry to interrupt. What if the smurfs, like, when somebody makes a smurfs, if they knew everyone I'm going up against is new in this fucking game, they might actually act different as opposed to making a smurf, getting into a game, and be like. There's fucking bearded on the other team, or there's mangoes on the other team. Now I'm gonna try hard, regardless of the new people that are there. You know what I'm saying? Like if they 100% knew everybody in this lobby is brand fucking new, maybe they might actually say, "Let me chill the fuck out." Yeah, that's a good way. A good, yeah. good, possi good possibility. Uh, another thing that I think that needs to happen is, and I love that they added it. You know, with 14 is, is the AI mode. Uh, and I think I said this before, but I want to reiterate again, like I, they need to make it to where you can change who you go against. And I know I think it's only loaded in for to have the, the five players they have in there, you know, with whatever you take in, but like they need to change it because just because I go in as a dual lane grim. Yeah. I know how I can lane against a Muriel and uh, Murdoch that are just literally want to push, you know, to no end, but like, how do I lane? How do I understand uh, a twin blast, you know, abilities and how he is being used and how do I know how to go against the sparrow and her abilities being used? How do I know against a uh, Fang Mao jungle? You know, like I need to, they, they you only, you only you find can... that out in PVP. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. what I was that's about a, to say. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't like, think it... I don't think it matters who you go up against in PVE. It could be the same shit over and over again. You're never going to learn how to actually play the game until you play in PVP. I I, I think, well, at, at right Ooh. now, state, I agree with you, but I think that needs to change. Like, you need to be able to, like, they need to work on their AI system is what I'm saying to where, like, because right now, Chimera doesn't gank unless it's mid lane. Like you don't see Chimera. It's, yeah, he's like, programmed to walk through and engage anybody he sees. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's it. You know, like he's gonna walk through the jungle. He's gonna he's gonna clear the jungle. He's gonna go mid lane. He's gonna clear the jungle. He's gonna go mid lane. He's gonna clear the jungle. He goes mid lane. That's all he does. So, like AI needs to change. It needs to get a, a, a work a rework to it. You know, it's great for what it is now. I get it. Let's oh, yeah. Let's not say rework. Maybe just an update. Update. So, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Lack of better term. My bad. So, no, you know, it needs to get needs to get an update, but it also needs to be able to like. I want to be able to go in, like, especially if I'm solo lane. Like, how do I go up against a solo lane with the range issue? Like, we're we're talking about that. Like, you're not, you know, like like Windu said, that's a tactic in all mobas. So, how do I compete against a ranged off lane? Well, right now, if you go off lane, you're going against the Greystone, not guaranteed. You can't, you don't, you, there's no way to like go against it. So how do I like, okay, well, if I'm getting hit here, how do I like, you can easily do it if you can go in and change your enemy team. I want my enemy team to be lined up like this. You know what's interesting? And I just read this in the chat. Shout out to Aimless. What if 
instead of basing their matchmaking off of this elo system that was originally originally designed for like chess players and a bunch of you know high player base etc what if for the time being and only for the time being they switch it to a kda based matchmaking to where like hey people that have average kda of 2 to 2.5 math match with each other 2.5 to 3 match with each other 1.5 to 2 math with, match with each other you get me just based off of similar kdas to you because you could be a brand new account but if you go 20 and 3 now next game you might be going up against higher better players because you have a, a better average kda on your account because that would be probably be a more accurate way to determine skill level with a small player base as opposed to going off of this MMR system that is impossible to know true skill level because of the small player base. Maybe no. they switch it to KDA now, and then once they have their KDA. larger influx, adjust it. Does your KDA get affected if you're a support character? No, because assist, the A is still in there. So if yeah. you're 0, right. 5, and 20, you have a good KDA. Okay. I just still get I don't pay that much attention. So I, I think that. Aimless okay. just cracked the fucking code. I really like this idea. Bro, somebody hire Aimless. <laughs> Not as I'm an so ADC, though, because he really can't aim. Oh, my God. Get him out of here. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Goose. I interrupted you. What were you saying? Aimless cracked the code and what? That's what all that's all I had to say was that Aimless cracked the code. But put that shit in there. I have no fault with it. I can't think of anything bad about having KDA based matchmaking. Enki in the chat is saying, I don't know. I have a 2.5 KDA, 2.8 KDA, but I'm 900 ELO. I can't play with people with that high, with that high KDA. Well, here's the thing. If you can afford an average 2.8 KDA across all of your characters, and this is average KDA, right? If you have an average KDA of 2.8 across all your characters and you go up against somebody yeah, or a whole right lobby, a whole lobby that is similar 2.8 KDA, you'll be chilling because you're technically amongst people that are at about your skill level. It's not like you're 2.8 and you're going to go up against somebody that consistently right. has like a 5 KDA. Like they're always 15 and 3. You get me? That's way different. Right. And and uh, when you said Enki, uh, Enki, that would, uh, for the first couple of bat, when they make this change, if they make those, that change. If they make those changes, yeah, yeah, you're right, my bad. Yep, good, good, good catch on that one because that's definitely an if statement. Uh, if they make this change for those first, however many matches, you're gonna you're you're gonna feel it, but it's gonna level out, mm -hmm. and then you're gonna be like, okay, now I'm where I need to be, and then you'll start feeling that. And then you can build or decline from there, however it goes. And your elo, then it's like um, a stare is saying in the chat. Your elo actually won't matter. Because right now we have gold players or silver players that are 900 ELO because of the small player base. You get me? Like we have people that genuinely should be a diamond player in every other MOBA, but they're only 1300 in fault because of the small player base. ELO does not adequately represent your skill level because of the small player base. That's why, that's why like we're suggesting what Aimless was mentioning. Like if they actually adjusted to KDA, it might be more accurate for smaller masses. And then once they get an influx of players, once they actually reach the spot where they need to be to import the actual MMR system, the ELO system, then they can swap over. We're just saying this could be a good temporary fix because the current MMR system that's in there 
is not designed for a small player base. It's designed for a large player base. That's a chicken before the egg scenario. And I don't think it's a bad system at all. I just think that the player base numbers are showing flaws that wouldn't normally be there with a large player base. So just like they're doing with their favorite system, they're tweaking now, but they're eventually going to change it completely. They could easily just do KDA based system now and then change it later completely. So Ryan Red says, speaking as a gamer, not a dev, personally feel like that would make some uh, even more sweaty and some AFKing to avoid more deaths. For example, flaming would increase from those who die due to a missed bot D or something like that. I mean, they're already going to rage if you die and didn't use your bot D. Yeah. It's already going to happen. You get me? That would change. And then, but the, but the difference is, let's say, for example, if a carry died because support didn't bot D, I'm going to be real with you, homie. You shouldn't have been relying on that one bot D to stay alive. You should have picked your engagements better. Right. And at that point, Bro, may, maybe not, you deserve the the, let's not pick, the KDA. Let's not pick apart that exact statement, but like the the the, uh, the whole encompassing point of that statement. You know, it's not just a bot D in that situation, but like you you are going to have people who are going to like, okay, I'm just going to alt F4 because if I play this match, my KDA at the end of it's going to be destroyed, you know, or whatever, like you're going to have stuff like that. That's going to be a thing. I still agree with you guys that this is going to be, this would be a better situation for what we're at right now, because you're going to be then facing the characters that are better for you. The, 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 the teams that are better for you. It's going to be in a more enjoying fight you know Mm -hmm. a match you know until then and i'll be real people alt f4ing to save their kda people alt f4 already anyway because they're like well we're gonna lose this anyway i'm gonna lose elo anyway i'm just gonna alt f4 go watch the netflix episode and come back and those those individuals that are gonna rage quit are gonna do it anyway go ahead goose and and that should be picked up like if you alt f4 a match then there should be repercussions for that if you AFK during a match, they have easy anti-cheat now. That can it can pick up that kind of shit. Fucking come down hard on that. Yeah. I've I've played several games where let's say I had a shitty connection where I was playing from, right? Like I tried to fucking play Call of Duty on fucking hotel Wi-Fi or whatever it might be, right? I've had it situations where the game picks up my network instabilities and literally just gives me a warning, like, hey, keep disconnecting from matches you will receive a ban, a temporary ban. And then I go in and play. Unfortunately, I have a shitty internet connection. It happened again. Unfortunate. So I knew that for the game I was playing, maybe I shouldn't fucking play this game on hotel Wi-Fi. You get me? But I understood that in the grand scheme of things, that was a better experience for the majority of players. And I was just the one individual that was suffering. Like you're not going to be able to please everybody with every decision. Again, the whole point of the suggestions that we're making is making it a better experience for the other 99%. The 1% that doesn't like a decision, they're never going to like it. But those choices that would help the experience for the 99% should be highly considered. You don't necessarily have to do everything we say, of course, but you definitely, it definitely should be considered. Jameson saying in the chat, KDA based matchmaking doesn't really work in a MOBA. You can have low KDA because a high death count, but still be a higher ELO player or low KDA, low deaths, but not be as great in the game. Yeah, but an, an 
ELO system doesn't work in a MOBA with low players anyway. I'm literally just offering the lesser of the two evils, in my opinion. Because that's what it comes down to. I don't disagree that yeah. the ELO system is better. It's just not yeah. better for the small player base. So, so the, you know, for right now, with our player base is what it is, and like whatever the number may be, I don't care. Let's just say 300 players, right? Uh, and uh, when we get to that 1,000 players, then we switch to the ELO system. Right now, we just run off a KDA system. And then once we get up to a higher spot, to okay, now we got to make that switch. We, we do a patch. They're like, here you go. And now we're off. Now we're working off ELO matchmaking because we are at the higher player base and we're, we're, we were able to sustain that player base. Yeah. yeah. All, all I know is that right now, when you queue in the fault, a vast minority of the time, do you have a game where you're equally matched and you have a good game. Most of the time you're either up against Tyson or you're punching a baby. Like you're either <laughs> yeah. up against the yeah. players that have no idea I was what the a, fuck they're doing and it's just easy mode or you're you up against Tyson, somebody that sounds like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't with you, bro. I almost asked them Tyson, who the fuck is Tyson? And then I, I thought about it. I was like, oh, he means Mike Tyson. Okay. No, but that's Mike Tyson. you're, you're no, not you're not Tyson wrong. Like chicken. Oh, yes, clearly. <laughs> My dino nuggets, bro. Throw respect. Dino nuggets. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I, I, don't, I don't disagree that at least how it feels, it definitely feels that the matches are disproportion, disproportionate most of the time. Whether it's in your favor or not, it definitely feels like, damn, bro, I really shouldn't be leaning against this carry right now. Like, this, it's just not fair. It's just not fair between us. Or like, yo, I'll be real with you. That mid laner, way fucking better than me. I'll tell you what. I understand it, but I know that there's a lot of people that won't understand it for the small player base. You get me? Like again, we're thinking the 99%, not the 1% that might bitch and complain because it doesn't favor them in their skill level. We're talking about what might actually be better for the 99%. And I, I, I honestly do strongly feel it, that if it were KDA with a small, like a small portion of players, and then once they start averaging a certain number of players, switch it back to the ELO system, because I do agree that the ELO system is better. I don't agree. I don't think that it's better for the current state of the game. But some matchmaking is better than none. That's why I'm thinking KDA for now might actually be an idea. It's worth at least a shot to see how it goes. I would love that. Like if they actually just said, hey, guys, for the next week, all matchmaking is going to be based off of KDA. Right. We would love everybody's feedback. Submit it here to this link, blah, blah, blah. After the week on this day, it will go back to ELO matchmaking. And then there you would actually see people are going to be like, yo, thank goodness. Thank goodness is back. I love my matches better with them with the ELO MMR. Or you're actually going to get people like, yo, my matches were way better with the KDA. Please, we need to make that a more permanent thing. You're not going to get proper feedback if you don't actually test it. And you can have an organized scheduled test from this Monday to that Monday. This is what's going to happen. Give us your feedback. I think this is the stage where they should be testing shit like that out regardless. Big R. <laughs> Big R, you're hilarious. I love it. Uh, Asteris also says it lessens the chance of Smurfs uh, that can exploit the game. So... Uh, that, that's the thing is like you, if you're a Smurf, you go, you create a Smurf and you go into a game and you just blow up and you go 20, Oh, and Oh, like you're literally going to have a high KDA, right? So now you're going to play yeah. against this high KDA players, which is going to be within one match. match. 
uh, right yeah which what you so you shit on one pole you shit on like one group of people and then all right now you go up there and the only way for you to play against the the lower tier people is to suck you know and, yeah and, and uh, yeah for for lack of better terms you know you do bad you know yeah if you're a smurf with a 1.0 kda trust me you're not really affecting the game that much keep smurfing on your mid account whatever like at this point you're just as you, you might be a master carry but you're clearly a bronze mid lane whatever but the moment that you affect that kda you start going up against harder people yep i don't think that would be a bad system to help combat current smurfs and to help balance the player base until again and i and i keep saying this because i want to emphasize it until there's enough players to go back to the traditional typical yeah. elo system which is the better one for sure 100 i i like it see this is why we brought it up mango so you didn't have an idea of what we do but with the fact that we hashed out between us three and live chat we were able to figure a good good solution for this what you said you didn't like you i like i don't like to tell you how like bring up problems if i don't have a solution oh okay what yeah, you yeah. said I said, this is a good thing we brought this up because we were able to have between the three of us and live chat, we were able to hash out a good solution in our opinion. Now, again, this is our opinion. This doesn't mean the devs feel this way. Uh, so, but I, the one thing I do know about this show uh, is that the devs do watch it. Hence, Jamson and Ryan Red already in here, Balix being in here. They do watch it and they do take uh, all of our opinions uh, into the, you know, consideration and things may or may not change due to that so yeah I, I will say though like i do see jamsing in the chat saying it isn't really a fix it would work the exact same way mmr is base just different numbers you still need a filter of acceptable matches from the kda range which again i understand i just personally i i disagree that it's not a fix because a band-aid could be a fix just a temporary one like it could be a temporary fix until we get to a state where the, the traditional MMR have, system is going to happen. The issue they're going to have is trying to figure out what queue times are going to look like. That's going to be the issue. What? Because right now we have a range for ELO, right? And, and the that range of ELO is 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 widened so the queue times are, are lower, right? So, mm -hmm. right, you were talking about how the KDA being like uh, a 2.5 to 1.5 or whatever, or a 1.5 to 2, you know, uh, only a half point of KDA pretty much to, you know, before the, for the spots, for your levels. But is is a half point, is that going to be enough or is your queue time still going to be too high? You know, are you going to do a full point of KDA? That's that would be the the testing that would have to be done to figure out what the queue times are looking like. Okay, we'll have to increase it. All right, difference between KDA this, difference between KDA this. That would be something they'd have to figure out. I would love for them to just take a poll with the community, get feedback instead of just shutting it down before even considering it. I don't think it's being shut down. I literally don't. I think that I think. I mean, but, putting... I like I'll, I'll I'll agree to disagree with you right now, because anybody that's coming up as to why it's not a good idea is shutting it down personally. Like if you sit here and have a conversation with me and you only bring up points about why it's not a good idea, you're shutting it down. You're not you're not being open minded. You feel me? That's kind of what our show is, though, is you and me. We started off being really good. Like, no, yeah, but we 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 disagree on purpose just to bring up different points of the conversation that need to be brought up a little different. 
But how, come, how do we know that Jams is not doing that as well? Just to, you know, have, you know, to see what the, you know, the argument is or what the community feels about it because like, you know, a good amount of the community, not a good amount, a, uh, a decent amount of the community is here, mm-hmm. you know, Jams had brought up something. All right. We brought up arguments for it. And you look at Gen Chat and that you was Gen Chat. You look at the, at the chat of the stream right now and they're also bringing up points towards it. Like it, it's not necessarily being like, hey, we're not doing it. It's not a guarantee. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree that it's not an official. No, we're not doing it. But I, I I do want to mention that in general, it's worth being mindful that the way that devs react can easily send a message. You get me? And regardless, oh, and, that, and that includes for us partners, too, and whatnot, like the way that something is portrayed, received, the way that it's what we say back, etc., can easily just send out the message, whether we agree or disagree with something. And you feel me like if you if you ever see some is somebody in a position of power automatically say i don't like that idea then you already know it's very unlikely it'll ever happen you feel me i definitely i definitely think that specifically in this area i would love to see them gather more data run a poll see if the community vibes with it uh literally just run a short test and see what's better results for the time being there's a lot of approaches that you could go into it besides simply just saying I don't like it. They could also even just because they're the devs literally just make the change and just see the perception, just see how gen chat changes. People are like, Hey, I, I, I noticed I'm doing this or whatever, this is happening or whatever. Oh man, my games have been so much better or man, these guys, like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just getting matched up against ass hats or whatever, you know, like literally just, you know, you could just make the change and then we don't know what, we don't know that they made the change and just see how everybody reacts to it. But I agree with you. I would love to see a poll to I'll let the uh, community, you know, voice their opinion on it um, and go from there. And people just brought up an interesting different side of that. If your KDA is affected by your team, then wouldn't that odd, wouldn't that ELO MMR also show that same reflection because if you don't work well enough as a team you're going to lose regardless so if your kda is lower because you're relying on your team too much etc like it's going to reflect how you play as a team regardless or in a team environment you know i don't know like again there's different sides i don't disagree that the traditional mmr system that they have is better for the game like i've said a million times i just really really think that it would be a better band-aid for the time being until the game gets to that stage but yeah so let's call it we're reaching about the traditional <laughs> time frame that we're usually here uh goose you got anything you want to say to the community uh no nothing that i haven't already said i like this idea uh, aimless <laughs> yeah. hashtag higher aimless <laughs> uh, bearded uh, don't forget about the uh, Fault Rivals uh, tournament happening tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, let me post those links real quick uh, in Discord chat or in the stream stream chat. And uh, we'll make sure they're posted everywhere else as well. Have some fun. Yeah. True. And my two cents, I would definitely just say 
as far as the community in general, whether you're new or not new, don't be afraid to say that you're there new and don't be afraid to ask if they're new. Because that simple question, like a couple of people in chat have been mentioned, mentioning, knowing that somebody's new or not officially will actually change your perspective on people sometimes. So leading with that and then going from there, that's going to be your own prerogative, right? But at least you gather a little bit of data before you start playing with somebody, quite frankly, because you can't stop people sometimes. But if they if you know they're new, some people might actually take it easy. Don't be afraid to ask. But yeah, guys, appreciate everybody being here. Thank you so much for tuning in again, guys. All of these videos are always streamed live on Beardage channel every single Friday night at 8 30 p.m. Then from there, they do get posted on YouTube and podcasts from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts all the following Wednesday. So there is a delay to when you can actually see these after the fact. If you do want to take advantage of these ahead of time and be there live, you know where to go. But as always, thank you so much, homies, for actually chilling with us. Thank you so much for sticking out throughout the game. None of us here are actual devs. I know some people actually think we are for some reason, uh, but none of us are devs. We're literally just gamers. And some people honestly th <laughs> confuse the fact that we might be devs because we do this or something. But we're we're just gamers like everybody else, right? Like we just get on here. We talk with the community. Everybody's welcome to join us on these shows. If you have a webcam, just hit us up. Talk to yeah. Bearded, hit him up in the DMs. Usually he's the one that kind of coordinates that. But thank you so much, everybody, for chilling with us. And till the next one. Peace. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.